just I just can't sit here and, and do this anymore because each time you click, go to another page, and then you have to click for a download, and then you have to wait for that and go back to the other page. And, you know, I was there for easily 15 or 20 minutes, and I had maybe... 15 minutes of yeah. uh, play time, so, so it, it, it just didn't work for me. So what we're going to do, Larry's going to merge them all into one file, so we'll, we'll, I'll send it that way to you. Okay, that, that would be wonderful. But thank you, Louis, for doing that. It's something I've never heard the four or five hour version before. I've mm -hmm. all I've ever heard the one or two album set. So I'm oh. looking forward to hearing this. The uh, the the long version, and if this is the one I think it is, it also has a slightly different version of the Catwise. It's the last thing on the album. Yep. So I'm looking forward to hearing this thing. I can remember. I can remember in the middle '60s. Well, I know somebody who had a copy of it, and of course, those days it was all vinyl, you know, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so they had like six albums vinyl, in vinyl. Vinyl? Was that, was that a record? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. It was in vinyl. You know, I mean, that's what that's what it was before. It was it was CDs, and so um, I'm glad they. I'm glad that. Well, I assume that Longine. If you don't hear record noise, then then maybe Longine, you know, put it out as a CD somewhere. No, I think it's always been an LP, because I think, I think everybody would have gotten out if it ever was reissued yeah. as a CD. I would have thought so, because, I mean, it, it was a, it, it is a great collection as a first collection, Yeah. but because of some of the gems on it, it's a great collection mm -hmm. otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll, it's going to be a wonderful listen when Larry is able to put these back together. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sitting there trying to download dozens and dozens. I mean, everything was broken into two to three minute pieces. Mm -hmm. And you do that for five hours, and it's going to be a career downloading these. Right, and uh, right, and that's so. So that's the way he had it up on SendSpace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Huh. Yep, and every one of them is up there individually. It's not even. In oh man, that's uh, that's. I mean, it's a. Uh, we 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 appreciate the work a lot yeah. because I mean obviously it took a heck of a lot of work to do that, but um, I, I I think you know if it came down in a folder, I could just load right. iTunes and click on it and it right would, yes you go in sequence by itself right had it been in a folder yeah it would have been better yeah but it's uh, it's not and each one had to come down one at a time and I got to maybe fifteen and I said, yeah no that's that's um. Um, you guys were talking about Sheldon Leonard earlier. Was he ever a stand-up comedian? I don't think so. He was a stockbroker. Yeah. He I just had the, I don't know why, I had the feeling that he was a stand-up comedian, and I had the feeling that I had heard his voice. Well, he, you know, he's best known as being the Stooge on the Jack Benny radio show and doing different Stooge parts and different radio shows. But yeah. No, but always bit parts, never... Never a main comedian by himself. Right, right. I'm sure he was also on the Mary Tyler Moore show on television. Hmm. You know, I've actually never seen one of those shows all the way through. A lot of people would would uh, would drum me out of some club, I think, without <laughs> having ever seen any of them, but I never did. And the funny thing was, because I liked Lou Grant later, but uh, somehow I never, never, you know, never saw the Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, let's see, stand-up comic. And of course, although these days probably it's out on on DVD, yeah. so you know. Most likely.
somebody, you know, probably has it. And I've been kind of busy for the last couple of hours. What was your main topic that... Uh huh. I haven't. I've heard people talking, but I haven't heard mention of your topic. Well, now see what happens. You do see, yes. When you come in late. Yeah, Miss ESPN been spreading. Yeah. Oh, oh, the pain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Miss ESPN now because I knew who the founder of ESPN was. Well, I mean. No, I mean, I think I'm getting the short end of the stick. Were I, well, yes, were I in your situation, I do not think I would want to be remembered as Miss as ESPN. But Notice. As, no, I... But, I mean, you have been very tolerant with, with the S word over the last number of weeks, and so, you know... Thank you for noticing. Oh, yes. Miss ESPN has been very tolerant about everything. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's well, true. that's true. Yes. That's true. I'm just never going to share these gems ever. I'll show you guys. I've got all of these wonderful things. Do you know who started ESPN? Actually, I do not. See, I do. I'm, I'm, you are Miss ESPN. But, but I will know. But I will know maybe probably tomorrow because I'll probably pull. I will probably pull the recording and listen. But uh, okay. All right. should, should you should you choose not to divulge it at this time, I will wait till tomorrow and get it. <laughs> I divulged it earlier. I know you did, and I do feel kind of guilty, but yet. As long as you feel guilty, I'll tell you it was Bill Rasmussen. Oh, I am no smarter than I was. Was he related to Rasmussen of okay. Russia? <laughs> that's, that was Rasputin. <laughs> oh, well, that's a different ESPN. <laughs> well, that's, that's close enough. But um, Rasputin did not learn about ESPN for many, many years. Indeed, indeed he didn't. A million, million years. Okay, the theme for tonight is your favorite Christmas story, Christmas children's story, radio show, um, TV show, movie, whatever. Any any kind of a, a medium. Um, well, that's easy. My favorite... Christmas show is, of course, a radio show, and it's the um, um, it's the Grand Central Station, the Christmas Miracle. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, there is something about that show that it's just you can't even hear it and not listen to it, mm -hmm. even though you know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard that show. You should. You should. And to me, it's such a strong, powerful show for a Saturday morning. Yeah, that's a, that is a huge surprise yeah. that it was done on Saturday morning. Yeah. Is it an emotional jerker? Yes. I don't want it. Oh, but you but you will feel better. You actually will. Oh, you promise, but you're not going to do it. Yeah, no, you will feel better. Oh. Uh, you really will feel better. If I don't feel better, what are you going to do for me? I'll send you five pounds of chocolate. Whatever. I mean, it's it's. Uh, you will feel better. I guarantee it. Uh, yeah. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't lead you to something and say, oh yes, you will feel better when you won't, especially on something like this. I wouldn't do that. All right. But it's very definitely a worthwhile show to listen to. Okay. All right. I'll trust you. I trust you, Kurt. And mm -hmm. it's some of the best. It's some of the best. Uh, acting that Mason Adams ever did, not to mention. I trust you, Kurt. You should, yeah, on this one. 
All right. On this one. But that means on other things I should question. Yeah. Well, you, I mean. He said on this one. On you're, you're always free. You're always free to question anything, you know. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, I, I have something special. And I was going to ask who knows what this is. And we've had people calling, and I got tangled up in conversation and overlooked it. Who knows, and this is for you too, Kurt, who knows what a baker's dozen is? I do. Uh, well, if I'm not mistaken, although I don't know why, but it seems to me a baker's dozen is 13. That is correct. But I, but I don't know exactly why either. Because the bakers used to appreciate their customers, and uh, in old-time stores, if you ordered a pound of meat and it was on the scale, the butcher might might put a little bit extra in there. Ah, uh, okay. And um, and the same with cookies and and little goodies. A baker's dozen usually went with cookies because the other stuff was a little bit more expensive. Right, right. We have a wonderful bakery here called Fresh's. Huh? And everything they everything fresh. And so you walk in, you know, when you order cookies, they give it to you nice and hot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You eat them on the spot. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. I am a cookie person. Well, Kurt, that is really good. A baker's dozen. I, oh. That was a really, really old phrase, and I was going to get people on it. And I, you're good. You are good. You know, the, one of the... Um one of the good things about a, uh, a misspent youth with much more time to read than you should have is that you do come up with all these wonderful things. However, you did actually um, uh, teach me something tonight, too, because I did not know about Donner and Blitzen. Ah. It's a, I mean, it's a wonderful, it's, a, there, it's, it's wonderful, of course, on a number of, of levels. But I think I think lightning and thunder as reindeer I think is really, you know, is really cute. I think that's uh-huh. I don't quite I I can't you know quite imagine reindeer flying, but because I can't really you know. But yeah, the idea of thunder and lightning as reindeer names I think is really really cool. And they're definitely cool. Yeah. Besides, Blitzen rhymes with Vixen. Yeah. I think we looked, I think last year we looked up how fast that sleigh is going to deliver all the toys. It, oh, yeah. It, it has to be it, pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Yes, I've heard, I remember, and of course I remember when, when Douglas Edwards used to do the, used to do the Santa um, patrol a number of years ago, and he would, he would, you know, say where it was, you know, in the, and of course he had a whole story about Santa Claus and, and about how he came to be and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, but but for someone, you know, of Douglas Edwards' stature as a news guy, to do that, I thought that was a, a very nice thing, you know, to do. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, uh, and so, um, do you have a radio question for for the envelope or? Or a yeah, sure I do. Sure I do. You want to go to a radio one? Huh? On a Christmas fall, I'll, I'll give you a radio one. Okay. All right. And you're really good at this stuff, but this one's a hard one, so maybe I'll get you on this one. Actor John Brown played Digger O'Dell in The Life of Riley. He played a second role in that show and frequently on the same show. What was the he played? Yeah, well, um, 
You know what? And I've heard the answer to this question too. And is he his boss? No. Oh, no, I cannot remember. I'll give you one more. Um, well, best friend? I, I don't know. Yes. It, yeah. Yes. Now. But I don't know the, I don't know the names of, of I don't usually listen to, to, um, the comedy shows, so I don't really know the, I don't really know the name of, of, um. The Life of Riley is a comedy show. I'll have to send you some Life of Riley shows. Okay, here's... No, it's a comedy show. That's why I say I don't usually listen to <laughs> oh, you comedy stuff that much. Won't listen to them. Okay, I misunderstood. Um, there is a radio character who had the middle name. This is his middle name, not his first name. Had the middle name of Phil Harmonic. Who was it? Oh, wait a minute. Um... You know what? We talked about this because, and, we, I, and I actually brought it up. And do you know? Because I thought that I thought it was such a great name. Wait a minute. Oh man, I can't even remember. Da, 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 da. No, I can't even. I can't even remember. Okay. And I thought it was such a great name too. It is a great name. Okay, now you were not with us tonight when I asked a Fibber McGee and a Gildersleeve question. No, it wasn't. I will ask it again. Great Gildersleeve and Fibber McGee and Molly each had a favorite store where they did their Christmas. Oh. One shopped at the Hogan Brothers and the other one shopped at the Bonton. Which one did the Great Gildersleeve shop at? Uh, the Bonton. No. Well, when it's, when it's not my week, it is not my week. It's not your week. No, it's not. Now, I'm going to the magical question for tonight. This is one that I thought I might hold for next time. Um, I, who is buried in Grant, too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know if anybody opened it to see, but we would hope that it's Grant. We really would. Absolutely correct. Nobody that I know of x-rayed the thing, did any kind of, of um, MRIs or anything like that. Uh -huh. okay. I have a list. This is what I was counting before, and I think I got to 40, close to 40. Um, the question is, and you can only do three because I'm going to keep asking like I did with one of the shows where I said, how right. many characters can you name? And uh, there's a cutoff point. So right. the question, and you can only have three. You're right. <clears throat> Name three old-time radio shows that have a color in the title. Um, uh, the Blue Beetle. Very good. Um, uh, the Scarlet Queen. Excellent. Boy, you got the hard ones. And uh, the Green Hornet. And the Green Hornet. You got it. Excellent. And I'll have to go back and take them off my list. Okay, you did it. You got the hard ones. Those are three. I, I never would have thought people, I thought people would really have to struggle with, with at least the Blue Beetle and the Scarlet Queen. You did good. Well, it's funny cause, because the, the Blue Beetle was one of the first ones that OTRR did as, a, as one of the series that they put out. And, I mean, in terms of, of being... Um, 
you know, of not the best quality shows, you know, that's certainly way up there. And I don't know why they they decided, you know, that that should be one of the first ones that they yeah um, maybe because dealt with. very good. Or they just had copies of of you know more. Yeah, I mean they they did of the shows. They didn't hold as much value to people. Like, I mean, it was a poor second to the Green Hornet, and uh, it's not a particularly enjoyable show for me. No, I don't. It's it's not. No, it's not a show that I will usually even stop to listen to. Yeah, I mean, I like the Green Hornet, and it, it's comparable to listening listening to Planet Man after you listen to something like Flash Gordon or one of the others. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Your envelope here, sir. Yeah, by the way, um, in in and among, because I know a few weeks ago some of your of the envelopes went out, but mm-hmm. apparently uh, mine hasn't yet, correct? Yours hasn't, so you get a Christmas CD in there, correct. So you've got um, Theater Guild, Ford Theater, Candy Matson, and Screen Directors Playhouse, plus Rogers of the Gazette. Um, I would like, uh, the, uh, Scarlet Queen. All right. Good choice. Yeah, because that really is a good show. And by the way, Walden, I think, uh, you were talking about, uh, the six-shooter being favorite even more than Gunsmoke. For me, yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether I would quite go that high, but I do have to say that, that the gun, that, uh, that the six shooter definitely is a very close second. It's it's got a lot of elements. It uh, does. It's got a lot of great elements it's to it. Very warm. It is. It is. And I've noticed, I've noticed the differences because I listened to a lot of um, a lot of Gunsmoke in the last few weeks, and I've noticed that show. You know, tends to make a lot of interesting points, and you know, but. But you're right. It it's not. I, I have a lot of respect for Gunsmoke. I have. Oh, a, I have tons of respect, respect for yeah. it. Um, but in terms of being a show which a, a show which is kind of family listening, in terms of, of you know, I think I think that uh, because a uh, part of it I think is just because of the, the kind of actor that Jimmy Stewart was. Right, and I think I think Jimmy Stewart had that touch that he touched the human mm-hmm. being and I relate to that and I think he was a real person yeah I think Gunsmoke was a western story whereas the six shooter was a western people show yeah I think that's I think that's true oh and by the way did you mention Phil Harris what about in my envelope you get Phil Harris oh yes it's in your envelope okay I did, because I found, you know... Uh, well, right, you mentioned that you had found the... Yeah, I came across, I had two Phil Harris and Alice Faye CDs, which is not unusual, because sometimes I have extra backups. I forget that I made one. And I looked at the envelope, and when I make a whole bunch, I usually put the person's name in pencil in the upper right. hand corner. And this one had Kurt's name on it, and I thought, oh my gosh. And I sent him an email, and indeed it was his that never made it in one of his envelopes, so... I feel bad about that. Oh, you shouldn't. I mean, no, I, I certainly don't, you know, want you to feel bad about it. 
but um, I just, since we're mentioning envelopes, I, I thought it was a good time to mention, you know. Yeah, and I, I do have an envelope with your name on it. And okay, I well, that's, that's cool. But I, I think you really will enjoy that show, and, you know, leave yourself a block of, you know, 25, 28 minutes that you can listen to it, hopefully uninterrupted, so that you can listen to the whole thing. But you will, it will be worth your time. I'm trusting you, Kurt. You can, you can. And if and if I'm wrong, then you can write me and say, oh, by the way, I will never trust you again. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think that that show is just, um, you know, for what it is and for, for what it, you know, um, it, it does. It, it, uh, it's very definitely a Christmas show and it's very definitely one of those. Okay, now but, that's Grand Central Station, Christmas Miracle that yep, you're talking about. That's the one, yes. And I'll do my homework, and if I hate it, and it really upsets my, my sense of emotional stability, you can call and talk to Walden. <laughs> I'll be here, but you can... Your, um, your, your, your sense of emotional stability will be intact at the end of the show. That's what I guarantee. <laughs> Very good. You remember. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll make sure that everything gets in your envelope, and okay. some, uh, you get some Christmas shows, too. Okay, well, uh, we shall talk to you guys later, and um, anything else comes, comes up of interest, I'll let you know. All right. I hope you have a better week than this. Uh, me too. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 714-545-2071. To the top of the roof. To the, <laughs> the roof. Okay, how many, how many shows do I have to check on this? 500. <laughs> <laughs> we have to earn my chocolate. <laughs> I have to... Oh, heavens, Betsy. Hello there, you're on with... Hi there. Miss ESPN. Hi. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh, you got the internet going. You want to turn... How you guys doing? Sound? Oh, sure. That you, Jerry? No. And who is it then? Well, I'm waiting for another guest. Ah, uh, the one, the only, Christmas tree lights himself, Tom, from and, Kansas. And I went and I looked at everything and I love the igloo. I don't know what there was about it. It just caught my attention and I said, that's the one that makes my heart pity pat. I loved it. Really? Uh-huh. Miss, Miss Florida Freezy Butt. Like igloo? Uh, yeah, except, you see, I can sit back and say, nan, nanny, nan. <laughs> I'm all, right. all warm, but I can enjoy the frosty stuff. Yeah, it's really pretty. It is so pretty. And there you were as Santa Claus. And um, please tell people what you, what you did. Did I send you a video? I, I did the uh, panel of pictures. You, you okay. A whole bunch of pictures. I have a video now. Oh, wow. I will email what, what, you what, what, a video. Is it with Braille captions? Oh, that's right. <laughs> what? With Braille, it, they have Braille captions on it? Yes, we have the new uh, um, Braille uh, computer monitor. Okay, good. Okay. okay. Yeah, not it works as good as every Microsoft product can be expected to work. <laughs> Very good. Um, I'll, I'll pack a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody listens to the same shows. Tom is talking about an enormous 
town display that he and volunteers he marshaled put up in his hometown. And it is so pretty. He has pictures. Am I allowed to uh, send out the link to people who want to take a look at the pictures? Oh, heck yes. Absolutely. Oh, heck yes. Okay. If you want to take a look at Tom's pictures of the igloo and of Santa and candy canes and all sorts of light displays, give me an email uh, at floridawriter at hotmail.com, and I'll send the link to the pictures. They really were such fun to look at, Tom. Thank you for letting us look at them. So for those people who are on Facebook, um, would you like to know the Facebook page? Oh, sure. It's called Rocky Pond Christmas Lights Park. Want to do that one more time? Search box, type, type it into the search box, Rocky Pond Christmas Lights Park. And it will come up, and then you find the page, and we'd appreciate if you like the page. Click the Like button. Um, and that will give you updates on everything that's going on here in the little town of Belleville, Kansas. Can you describe some of the uh, uh, dis- displays? Yeah, and which, which part of the display are you most pleased with? Oh. Uh. I'm not pleased with it at all. Well, that's a really great ad for people to ask. <laughs> never mind the Facebook, never mind the link. What is going on here? I mean, you've got high standards, and I know that everyone I have. Too. No, I'm, I'm a perfectionist, and perfectionists are never happy with their work. This is, and, and you notice how I phrased my question. And I said, which are you most pleased with? And there has got to be something at the top of the list. If you, I'll tell you. All right. Well, I'll tell you what I what I like the most, and that is that the the park itself. What I'm pleased with the most is that what I managed to pull off here in Belleville, Kansas, is something that nobody thought was possible. Um. I've been planning it for a year, and I went to city council in, I don't know, September or October and told them my plan, asked them for permission to use their park, asked them for them to pay the electric bill, asked them for, I mean, I asked them for a whole laundry list of things, expecting maybe they'd accept 20% of what I guessed, 10 or 20% of what I asked for. Hmm. They gave me probably... 40 to 60 percent of what I asked for. Oh, right. Um, and and they even they even surprised me um, by doing things people that have lived here all their lives said the city would never do. And um, one thing was is the the where I built the a lot of the park is is closed in the winter time because it's a, a gravel slash dirt road back there into the park around the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't like to maintain it because gravel here is really expensive. You have to import gravel from a couple hundred miles away. And so it's really expensive, so they don't maintain it very much. When they saw what I was putting up at the park, the city decided to put gravel out there. And they oh, wow. load after load of gravel. And so that road has gotten maintenance that it hasn't had in a long time. 
um, and the citizens are just like, what? You guys never put gravel out there. So, um, also the, uh, uh, the other thing I like is doing things that people don't expect. Um, like you go to, when you go to see Christmas lights, you see pretty much the same type of displays everywhere because they're manufactured from just a few places in the country. We made our displays here in Belleville, Kansas. And that's one of the things I wanted to do was to try to get citizen volunteers to step forward and build our own displays. Now, you build the displays, I will put lights on them. And they did. Uh, you did. A handful of people got together, they welded, and they didn't weld little displays. They, built, they welded displays that were four to eight feet tall. They're big. They're big. Yes. And uh, then one of the local uh, factories, not a factory, well, yeah, it's a factory it's for irrigation equipment. They stepped up and said, you know what? If you guys want to weld stuff, we will give you the steel to do it. So they donated thousands of feet of steel. Um, and that place, it's, it's called Rinky Manufacturing or Rinky Irrigation. Um, and they donated steel. And so the welders, they're like, okay, we got free material, let's do it. So they built a locomotive, they built a pig, they built a, a dollar horse, uh, they built a frog, they built uh, a whale. Um, they welded all kinds of stuff up for us. And again, they were original designs that you're not going to see everywhere else because how many Christmas displays you go to and see a frog on a lily pad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or an igloo. Oh. I've never seen an igloo before. I just love that igloo. I, I can't explain why it just made me laugh and smile. I just love the igloo. Any penguins? Oh, Walden, there's like eight penguins out there. All right. We got like eight penguins, and they're wearing scarves. All right. They stay nice and warm. Um, they're all lighted up with LEDs. Uh-huh. Then we have a big display. It's oh, 15, probably 15 feet long and 6 feet tall that has two penguins on an ice float fishing, ice fishing. And one of them is pulling a fish out of the ice. Perfect. Water, I guess. Perfect. So it's an animated display. An animated display. Oh wow. Um, Walden, let me tell you about this. Yeah. Imagine lights. Um, we have lights in a tube called right. snowfall lights. Right. And the lights, uh, these particular tubes are 20 inches long, and there's 32 LED lights. Uh, arranged vertically on this on this in this tube. Right. And then there's 32 on the back side of the tube also, okay? So uh, 64 altogether, but you can only see half at a time. Right. The light starts at the top and then sequentially goes doop, 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 doop down mm-hmm, to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And as And so I've got 25 of these tubes hanging in a big old tree, a deciduous tree, all falling at their own rate. And so some are going fast, some are going slow. Mm -hmm. And you've got all these uh, snowfall tubes dropping down. And that's the most uh, unusual thing we have out there. And it's the one that the people, when they come through, we ask them, what's your favorite? 
probably 70 or 80 percent of the people say that it's that tree. It's all, we used all blue light. Wow. And uh, they call it the fireworks tree, they call it the snowfall tree, they call it the raining tree, they, they give it all kinds of names, but I don't know if I've described that good enough you to envision it. Yeah, that's amazing. So the technology is pretty, really something else. So how how have uh, traffic been? Have have it gotten heavier over the last two weeks? Or, uh, uh, well, the opening weekend was the heaviest, but we opened on Thanksgiving weekend, and in this little town, a lot of people come home. Uh -huh. So there were more people in town that weekend, and it's opening weekend, so it was a big deal. After that, our attendance has been down, but I think that would be normal. Though we don't know what normal is because we've never done this before. Yeah. Um, but for this little town, everyone seems pretty impressed that during the week, we're getting about 35 to 50 cars a night. That's good. Um, which for a town of 1,800 people is pretty good. I was just going to say, for a really tiny town, that's great. Um, on the weekend, last night we had 109 cars come Wow. Whoa! And I don't know what we had tonight. I haven't seen the tally yet. I think you're going to need Henry Aldrich and his friend to sell hot dogs in a hot dog stand or something. Hey, it's good old Henry. I have a question about the pond. Is it an ice skating pond? Do people, are people allowed to do that? Um, um, I think they're allowed to, but they don't. They don't. So, oh, they, they, they fish. <laughs> fish? Holes in it and they fish. Do they ice fish? Yeah. So you've got people walking past this. I guess that that's what I should have asked. There's a destination well, beyond your destination. Most, well, most of the fishermen are during the daytime, so, you know, we're there at night. Oh, party poopers. <laughs> but, um... You could you could skate on it, I guess. They, they, because of the fish, they and it's a pond. It's not a lake. Yeah. So they have three aerators in there. So there's certain parts that don't ever freeze. Um, so you don't want to be skating near any of that. Yeah. And if they're chopping holes in the ice, you don't want to skate there either. Keep, I recognize. Keep hospital so, in business with broken ankles. How long are you going to keep it open, Tom? Are you going to keep it through early January? What you what you're thinking at the moment? Uh, January 1st. I'm going to keep it open till, uh, till New Year's Day night. Okay. Oh, no! Like, I think, like, everybody can get to see it then. Mm -hmm. Oh, no! Well, what, you want it open till May? No, just the first week in January. Well, I don't know, I figured everybody would be going home after, after the first, all their, uh. over, right? No, people keep their Christmas trees up for uh, for after New Year's. Some people do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm in the minority here. It just seems like so much to put this together and then to take it down when there's still holiday in the air. I don't know. I. Oh, would you think about keeping it a little longer? You want me to wait till like Veterans Day? Oh, I would be fine with Walden. He would love that. No, just the just the first week in January. Well, I don't know. I mean, we'll probably burned out of it by then. I mean, you live here, and you know how many times can you go by? 
There are people that have been by almost every night, by the way, the same people. So there. Are you adding new stuff? That's what you decide should do during the day, just add new stuff. Well, bear in mind, I run a business, too. I don't have an awful lot of time. <laughs> um, but we do add things now and again, and we also have some things that are turned on sometimes, and sometimes they're not. Uh -huh. And so we tell people that it looks different every time you come because yeah. they'll, they'll see different things. Also, um, the weather affects how it looks. Right now, it's just gorgeous because the water's frozen, and it froze on a real calm night, so it's, so it's nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. And there's no snow on it right now, so it reflects off like a mirror. Oh, my. Um, once it snows, it's not going to have that same reflection, but it'll be really bright because you have all that light reflecting off the snow. It'll be really bright out there. Yeah. Um, and then also we have people, they'll come through one night, and they'll not notice something. And they'll come back the next night and they'll notice something. So oh, is that new? I said, no, it's been here all along. Well, I didn't see it the first time. Now there's just so much to look at. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I counted the lights tonight. Okay. We have incandescent and also LEDs. All right. You put up incandescent bulbs. Be still my little well, heart. I have a section. I love that. I love that retro look. You know, I'm a real nostalgic guy. Otherwise, I wouldn't be listening to YUSA, right? Yeah. Um, so I have a section that's retro lights, old 1980s, um, incandescent mini lights. Uh-huh. Back in the 80s, they built lights and they actually lasted that long. They, we right. were still using the original ones. Huh? Um, but, and I bought them used at an auction. <laughs> anyway, the, um, the count for incandescent and LED lights, and I'm not finished counting yet. I haven't gotten everything counted. I'm over 20,000. Work. I thought it was like 10,000. <laughs> and I counted tonight. Really, I, I had some helpers and I actually went out and counted. So next year, Tom, are you going to have flyover decoration for airplanes, things to fly over and see your stuff? Would that, would that be cool? I was thinking of like making a giant cross on the ground. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or, or runway lights. Yeah, well, that's what I'm afraid of. We'd have an alien invasion because they'd see the lights and think that... Uh, you, you get a... Hot. That's right. 47 dropping down in the park. <laughs> it's good. You've you got a thing cool. going, Tom. And I, I'm really looking forward to the video part of this. I just loved the um, the photos. You Can you get on YouTube? Sure. Um, if you go to YouTube and just, uh, you can probably search for Rocky Pond. Okay. Rocky Pond Christmas. I think you'll get a YouTube video, and I can send you a link also onto your email, I guess. Well, I do believe. They're very good on their, on their search engines. Okay. Pond. Well, you have, a, you have your computer on and everything? Yeah. I thought you were, like, totally focused on the show while you were, but... I am. Rock Walden, are you aware that she's surfing yes. the internet uh, while she's... She, she's amazing. She can fix breakfast, cook coffee, have the computer on, watch TV, work to me one ear, talk to people, and still look for the mail. It's amazing. Attention <laughs> deficit disorder goes a long way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little ADD kid here. Okay, I put in Rocky Pond in the YouTube search. 
Uh-huh. And what came up, I'll just read off to you. Rocky Pond Christmas 2011 promo, 2010 Belleville, 2011 Rocky Pond Christmas view of one. one uh, so you're right at the top of the list. So let's see, you've got one that's 15 minutes. That's the one, and one that's 14 minutes. So the one, the last one you read me, it's, 21, it's 2011 Rocky Pond Christmas, Belleville, Kansas. Is what Belleville, Kansas, and that's the one. That's a 14 and a half minute. And let's see what we got here. Look at the promo one, too. I had a, there's an exchange student that recorded a radio spot for me, so I put her voiceover on it. She's from um, Vietnam. 2011. I have my sound turned down because it would really mess everything up. Um, we were talking tonight when people have their computers going in the background or their sound in the background because there's a delay and we're talking and they're hearing you kind of like voices. What I did when I called. <clears throat> Pardon? Yeah, we heard your voice. Like what I did when I called. Uh huh. Okay. Well, I'm watching this. You've got different lights coming up. Yeah, and that video doesn't show everything. Oh, I also wanted to let you know, halfway through the park, uh -huh. there is no grid electricity. That's something else that I, I wanted to do, is to prove to people I could put on a light show in a park that doesn't have electricity. So, so how do you get the power, Tom? Are you, are you have a couple of uh, chicks running in a wheel? I have a lot of bicycles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got... um batteries. I've got car batteries and marine batteries sitting out in the park. I've got 20, I've got 12 batteries. I've got 13 batteries now and another 10 or 12 uh, in reserve. So oh. we, charge, we charge batteries at night and we go out and we swap them around uh, every day. What do you get out of one of them? How long do they last? Oh, you put them in one, you change them out every day? Yes, some of them. Um, some of them, like the ones in the snowfall tree, that la that battery lasts about a week. There's my igloo. Um, but the but the lights, like I replaced uh, I replaced two batteries on one display tonight, which is a little bit frustrating because it's you know we're only on five to eleven, and um, we put in two batteries, two fresh batteries tonight. So it, it was a little frustrating. It shouldn't have died, but it did. My igloo is here. All right. Very cute. Very cute. Okay, people, you go to people. Listen to me. <laughs> the people. <laughs> you go to YouTube. Family, family, go to Patricia Swank here. Go, go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. Type in Rocky Pond, P-O-N-D, and all these wonderful videos will pop up. That's really cool. Thank you, Tom. Very good well, I'm stuff. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Oh, be an inspiration to people because even though I've been planning this for a year, mm -hmm. I couldn't get any volunteers on board until about 30 days before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was the day we turned them on. You know what you should do. Oh. You know what you should do, Tom. Before you turn it down, it takes really nice pictures and have those available as Christmas cards that people could buy them year-round through the uh, your shop as a fundraiser to keep it going. As a matter of fact, even as you on my desk, a stack of Rocky Pond Christmas greeting cards. All right. So we're we're on the same path. Okay, so you, you got the entrepreneur spirit going. Very. Remember, I used to work at the newspaper. Yep. 
that newspaper uh, said, hey, could we do this? Could we make these cards for you and then give you a portion of the uh, proceeds? I said, sure, whatever. So they put together some cards, and they're selling them. Good. Uh, and they're going to give me a portion for the um, you know, toward Rocky Pond, but I don't know how much they're going to give me. But yeah. nonetheless, it's nice that they got on board, that right. they're excited enough about it. Um, the, the thing is, I, I hope that this inspires people that, you know, we, we pulled this off with, in the 30 days, we manufactured lighting displays, we lighted them, all manual labor, we put it all up. The, uh, the drive through the park, Walden, yeah. is uh, um, 1.2 miles long. That's amazing. And so we did that, and, and it's, you know, it's a lot of canvas to work with, so it's not re like really crowded. Right. Still, we're talking 20,000 lights. Um, and to pull it off for all practical purposes in 30 days. Well, now, how, how had the bus turned out with Santa? Have the kid come and see Santa in the bus yet? Santa's coming tomorrow. Okay. So tomorrow at 6 to 8 p.m. And uh, we're going <laughs> to Santa in the school bus. You betcha. I'm glad you remembered that. <laughs> I'm excited about that. And I just heard tonight Santa's ironing his uh, red suit. <laughs> You heard that, huh? <laughs> I sure did because I have connections. <laughs> you have direct links. That's you, right. You so I think what you should do next year, Tom, is have a phone stall. That way, when people want to talk to Santa, then you pick up the phone in, in the in the park and call Santa. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Why don't we just have a text message? You know? <laughs> Tell you what, don't even come to the park. Just stay at home and text message. <laughs> And we'll just um, turn on your, your iPhones and we'll give you some pictures. Very good. Tom, I have a question for you. All right. Do you have, as long as we're really into the Christmas spirit here, do you have a favorite Christmas movie, story, TV show, children's story, radio show? Did you grow up with any children's Christmas stories? Um... Well, you know, all the Bible stuff, and then the, uh, you know, the Charlie Brown Christmas is classic. Uh-huh. Um, but I got to tell you, I don't choose favorites, because when you choose favorites, it makes the unchosen ones feel bad. Aww. So, um, there are things that I enjoy. I've been, I've particularly enjoyed, I've heard probably four times now already on YUSA, the, uh, um, Oh heck! What's the one where 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 uh, they're trying to prove that Santa's real? Mail call on Thirty Fourth Street. Yeah. Yeah. They, I I enjoyed the radio version of that. Mm -hmm. Probably more than I enjoyed the movie version of it. Mm-hmm. Me too. And you notice if you really pay attention to that, there's more than one radio version. Is there? Yes. I, um, I've only heard the one. Uh huh. Um, there is. If you compare the, I think the best one is the Screen Director Playhouse One Hour version. And if you compare that to Luxury or Theater that did it three different times, or the half hour, you'll notice some different twists at the end. Uh huh. Well, do you know what's playing right now, or is there more than one playing right now? I, on well, let me see. I, I don't have the log up, the log up, but if somebody will look on YUSA and see which one, then I, should, then I can tell you what version that is. Am I the somebody? 
Or will you like, Mark. could you be a somebody? I could be a somebody. Can you be an adorable somebody? <laughs> I'll be an adorable somebody. Well, I will tell you, thank you, Tom, I see an email here from you. Um, I enjoy the radio program better than the visual as well because there's something magical about using your imagination with all that's going on in that story. So I like that a whole lot better. Keep talking. This is Hawaii USA. That's Patricia. That's Tom. That's and this is me. <laughs> and this is Walden. And so, are you serving cookies and punch out out by the park, Tom? Or any any refreshment is being had by all? Well, Thursday night, last Thursday, we did because we had a uh, a band out there playing. They gave a free concert, um, playing bluegrass music and bluegrass Christmas music. So what time did they play? Oh, that was a, they played 7 till 9 Thursday night. So the weather was warm enough for them to use their fingers and stuff, huh? Uh, no. I've <laughs> 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 <Have> ever done. <laughs> but we, you know, we, and oh my gosh, it was windy. But we put, um, we put a couple propane heaters in there and we got it up to about 50 degrees in the building so or in the um it was a it's a picnic shelter so there's not really any protection we just put up tarps uh-huh. artificial walls on the outside but um we had we had cookies and and coffee there and then santa i don't have anything planned for the santa thing other than candy canes okay but if a volunteer shows up with coffee and cookies that would be great sure it just tom can't be the one doing all the volunteering <laughs> I agree. Tom, it looks like you're hearing the same program because only one Miracle on 34th Street is posted here. It's the Lux Radio Theater Walden from December 22nd, 1947. Okay. Yeah, I would recommend, my favorite one is the Screen Director's Playhouse, December 21, 1950. Give me a trivia question, Patricia, and then send me that one. And send, I probably did already. You've got such a wonderful Christmas collection. But I will send it. Honest to goodness. Here comes a trivia question. All right. I'll, I'll ask this one, and you have a heads up on this because I gave it earlier and nobody got it. Actor John Brown played Digger O'Dell in The Life of Riley. He played a second role in those shows, and typically both roles on each show. Who was the second character he played? Are right, you saying he played another character on, on Riley? Riley, yes. uh-huh. On each show, he had two different characters he played. Meaning on every episode? Yes. Um, yeah, on every episode. One of them was Digger O'Dell. Oh my, you're going to ruin it for me because I love Digger O'Dell. <laughs> He's got some of the best lines, uh-huh. but does he not? Yes. Agree. He's got to be shoveling off. I've been shoveling off. I'm shoveling off. Um, I had no clue. Uh, All right. Well, I'm going to hold on to that one then. How about which radio character had the middle name Phil Harmonic? Patricia pulling out all the big guns tonight. Rick Hubbard named Phil Harmonic? His, it, the person's middle name was Phil Harmonic. Oh, I, that doesn't even ring a bell. Okay, that, that's a hard one. And now we come to the big one. 
I have almost 40 shows that are have a title that include a color. Each title has a color in it. Name three shows that have a color in the title. I've got three of them already. You want to know the three I have? The name of the name of the show. Give me one that you have so I have an idea what you're aiming at. I'm, I'm probably not asking this question correctly. I'm looking for the names of shows that have colors in their titles, such as the Blue Beetle, the Scarlet Queen, and the Green Hornet. Those are the three I have so oh. far. Okay. Um, and all OTR related? Uh-huh. All old-time radio shows. Would Would the Brown Hornet count? Well, it would if we had one. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the Brown Hornet? No. Walden, do you remember Brown Hornet? I do not. Ah, I have. I have Walden stumped. <laughs> do you have a copy of the Brown Hornet? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, but you can send me one. <laughs> no, I can't. Could you even think of it? No, um, the, uh, do you remember the Bill Cosby show, Cosby and the Cosby Kids, in the 70s? Yeah. Yeah. He would have... Uh, cartoon breaks. You know, the Cosby kids would, would all run to the TV and watch a cartoon. Yeah. Hey. The cartoon was the Brown Hornet. Oh, jeez. Do I recall that we said radio <laughs> the outset here? Well, it, it's old-time something, anyway. Well, what I remember Bill Cosby is Fat Albert. Hey, 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 hey. Well, yeah, and that's on, that's on that, he's on the Cosby, that's the Cosby kids show. Yeah, yeah. At Albert's show, um, they would have the Brown Hornet. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've always liked that because I knew that the Brown Hornet growing up, and then when I started listening to YUSA, I discovered this thing called the Green Hornet. <laughs> then it was like, oh, so Cosby a making a reference to the Green Hornet, mm -hmm. which when I was a kid, I had no clue. So anyway. You know how um, deftly he is Christmas. walking around this? He's falling at Patricia Lovelace at a Walden. Uh, well, not quite. Well, maybe. Maybe. I ask Walden a question and he doesn't know the answer. He will give me every piece of related information except the answer. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're you're hinting at me to give you an answer or shut up, right? <laughs> yep. You want answers. Um, how about um, White Christmas would be one. All right, I'll take or, that. Are you wanting to repeat, like, uh, yeah, type shows or... Like like the Blue Beetle or the Scarlet Queen. That's an entire series, but I'll take White Christmas. Right. Um, how about uh, Black Jack Justice? Walden? Try, try, try again, Tom. That's a real show. You you need to you need to uh, Google that. Um, I went through more radio lists than I knew existed, and I didn't come across Blackjack. Blackjack Justice is actually, it's very interesting. It's um, uh, a group of people who love OTR. They're up in Canada. Uh -huh. They made their own detective show called Blackjack Justice. They've done it in the style of the 1940s um, detective shows, you know, with the uh -huh. whole colorful language, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. uh, my favorite one is, she entered my office one leg at a time. <laughs> and can, can we review old time radio? 
Now we're getting into a Walden. Now he's giving me all of this peripheral information. All right. Um, I'm not. I'm not good at being on the spot, but let's. Okay. Uh, can I help? Can we help? Nope. Yellow. Oh, play the hard? red. Um, the red. Uh. Good. I, that's why I was trying to get mentally over to you. Red. The red. Uh. And not the red Baron. Now, 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 what? But you know, no, the communism. You know, the the red. Is it called the red? The red. Oh, if, what is it called when you talk about communism? Yes. The red curse or the red. No, it was the um, it was the blacklist and the red channels. That was not a show. Uh, and the red menace. Yeah. I was a communist for the FBI. Okay. Right. That's a good title. What color? And red is a color. What do you think, Patricia? Give me the name of a person who had red in his name, for heaven's sakes. Red Skelton. All right. Show. All right. That's. That's two. That's one down. Well, no, he had white Christmas. Are you going to count white Christmas? Okay. Does a blue Christmas count? I'll have a blue Christmas without you. You know, Mel Blank had a good version of that. That was Porky Pig's version. Uh-huh. White Christmas, red skeleton. There's another red. What other Christmas colors are there? Let's see. Well, red, green, and white are Christmas colors. Uh-huh. Give me a green. We've got the green hornet already. Uh, Give me a G. Give me a guy. Question. Yeah, I'm really sorry about this. We've we've got a handful of greens up here. I think red's gonna be easier. Well, I don't know. I'm oh, I'm, I see. I'm, the colors aren't even coming into my head right now. I'm staring at this multicolored net light, trying to pick out words from the colors. It's like, well, I've got blue. No. Cowboy. Think of a cowboy. Now, Walden. Other people... There's a Lone Ranger, there's the Cisco Kid, who was a friend of mine. Um, Cisco! That's what I used as my name when I was taking Spanish class. That's, oh, that's the name you chose, Cisco? Yep. <laughs> that's yep. funny. <laughs> I was, uh, Gregorio. Gregorio. Um, let's see. I'm going to find another question for you. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see here. I've got Christmas trivia. Uh, let me see what we've got with Rogers. trivia. Okay. Cosby. All right. Here we go. Every Christmas. Fibber McGee. The question where the answer is Bob Hope, and I'll get it right. <laughs> let me see here. I don't think I have one of them. Um, who was the comedian who made an annual ritual of buying the cheapest gifts he could find? Well, that happy Jack Benny. That was Jack Benny. All right. Oh, was this painful or what? I'm sorry. This was painful. I know I put you through pain. I'm sorry. Okay. So no, well, I, I know one Bob Hope question for Tom. Well, you already answered a question. But I know, but he was asking for a Bob Hope. Yeah, okay. What comedian introduced silver bells in the movies? Bob Hope. There you go, Tom! <laughs> this is 
I beat the buzzer. Bob Hope question. What's the answer, Bob Hope? <laughs> Very good, Walt. <laughs> you two are a pair. Okay, do you really want Miracle on 34th Street? I'd be happy to send them. I want the version that Walden recommends, because Walden knows everything about this stuff. <laughs> okay, and it was the... Uh, Screen Director's Playhouse, December 21, 1950. Yeah, Walden, yes. um, Screen Director's Playhouse, who was in charge of that one? It was an NBC show, uh, so it was okay. produced by NBC, and it was on and, two years. The one that one guy did all the time, did all the Playhouse, what, was it Columbia? Well, you had Luxray Theater that... Orson... Orson Welles did the Mercury Theater and Campbell Playhouse, uh huh. He's Campbell and Mercury. Yeah. Yep. All right, and, and Lux, was, was was that produced by anyone in particular, or was that just a... Well, a, people always recognize Cecil B. DeMille as being the host, or William Keeley, and that was on for 20-some-odd years. And they did Miracle 34 times, three times, 47, 48, and 1954. And all of them, especially, you know, listen to the one from 54, it's a totally different ending compared to 47 and 48. It's an interesting... That's interesting. I thought they all ended the same, so I'm, no. I'm eager to, to to hear the show that you've recommended. There you go. Okay, well, I will get it to you, cross my little heart. And hope to not to die, yeah. No, I'm... For Christmas, right? I'll just cross my little heart, and... Um, for... Email me the MP3. How's that sound? Say that again, please? You can email the MP3 to me. That way you wouldn't have to spend any postage. That's exactly what I was going to do. Well, excellent. He's a smart bunny rabbit. Yeah, well, sort of. Sometimes. Sometimes? Sometimes I am. Depending if you ate your carrots or not? Yeah, if I ate my carrots or not. Sure, I will get that to you, and you will love it, because Walden says you're going to love it. And, um, gosh, I hope people give you, continue to give you the, the really good feedback. It sounds like you're making an awful lot of people happy. Yeah, and I'm hoping that, it, again, it, it inspires people. That's real, what I really want. I want it to be something people will, it will change their lives. That's what I want to happen. All right. So, anyway. <laughs> so, how's the, how's, the, Bob Hope. how's the Christmas tree lights? Minutes going, you still selling that stuff, or that's all dried out? Oh, no, it's gangbusters right now. Oh, that's right. what's difficult. Is Access to it, I'll put it up in my Dropbox. You know, the Sim Space box, and you can click on it, and it'll down onto your computer. All right, well, learn how to do something new, I guess. Yeah, well, all you have to do is click and it'll come down. I think you can do that. <laughs> I have faith. I talking to about a guy who couldn't get his printer going today, so, you know. Uh, I have faith. Okay, you've got it. All right, you guys. Okay, Tom, thank you so much for calling. Well, thanks for your time and appreciate your uh, appreciating me. I, that makes me feel good. Oh, we sure do. All right, Tom. Okay. All right, quack, quack. Bye-bye. <laughs> quack, quack. <laughs> All right. Only with our family. Oh, yes. 714-545-2071. I have an awful show tonight. An awful show. 
Okay. I have an, I have an awful show tonight. Should we play the awful show? Well, sure, we can play it. I, I do want to let people know, however... Uh-oh. Yeah, there's a however. Mm -hmm. I am... There are so many shows to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's really bad stuff. Now, in the name of the law, I crossed off American Trail is what we have here. American Trail. A magic wire. That's the one I sent to you, American Trail, right? Okay, I think so. Yeah. Um, and that was a short-lived show, American Trail. I think I may have it in my notes here. Let's see here. What I'm trying to do desperately, and I'm having some success, uh, is um, to pick 15-minute shows so that we don't put them through a whole half hour of pain. Um, this one is pretty bad. It is a one time only series show there were 13 of these i don't know how it ever made it to 13. this one is uh it focuses on samuel morse the telegraph person uh -huh. or a wireless it would be you'd be hard pressed to know that that's what they're talking about i really had to pay attention here hello you're on the air Good morning, it's Charles from New Jersey. Hello, Charles from New Jersey. This hour. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm still up. I don't know. What could I take? Could I take a guess at the colorful radio shows? Of course you can. I'm not looking for anything, but since Tom almost went through every one, I can. <laughs> about, about three came to my mind. Uh-huh. I think they're right. Blondie. Blondie. Blonde. Color? Yeah, yeah, a blonde. Well, uh, um, I've never had blonde paint on my wall. So I'm going to give you half credit for that. Go ahead. Okay. I might strike out number two then. <laughs> uh, well, this is a color. Cinnamon bear? I do have... All right! I never would have thought of that. That's Charles, good. Charles, I never thought anybody would get that. Good for you. Good, Charles. Also, a question on that. I heard the show the other night. Yeah. The voice of Cinnamon Bear. Yes. Patty O'Cinnamon? Now, that's... He was in a famous Disney movie, wasn't he? Well... It sounds like her. Yeah, I mean, his name is Buddy, and I forget his last name. He was a vaudeville star. Oh, it's a guy. It's a guy, and he worked a in the mail. <laughs> he worked in the mail room at the, uh, in the at the radio company, and they pulled him out and they have him play Patty O'Sherman. So I think you're thinking of maybe uh, the guy who. Yeah, the one that sounds. He sounds like the one that was. I think. You're thinking of the one that played in Winnie the Pooh. No, the one that. It sounds like the one that did Bibbity Bobbity Boo. Ah, bibbidi bobbidi boo. Now I think <laughs> for me it does, yeah. I'm just trying to think who did that. <laughs> bibbidi bobbidi boo. Ali Kazoo did Yeah. I don't know who did that one for Disney. I know Perry Como had the record, the record of it from '46. Was it Snow White? Wasn't it? I think it was later. I think it was, um... Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. I think it's part of the zippity-doo-dah. I think it's part of... Is it part of the... Like uh, that? The, uh, what, song from the South? I don't know. <laughs>
I know it was a Disney movie. I thought it was Alakazoo. Because it sounds like, because I, well, I heard the cinnamon bear, and I said, that voice sounds like the one that did Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. And I said, I'll wow. give the king of uh, old time radio. Yeah. Maybe he'll know. Yeah. <laughs> I stumped him. You did. <laughs> you did. But I know the, uh, the guy who played it in, in the cinnamon bear, he was a vaudevillian. So I don't know if he had anything other than that. Oh, it says Cinderella. That's the one, yes. Cinderella. Well, Cinderella came out in the 38, so interesting. Okay. I know it was a Disney one. I couldn't... Yeah. yeah it says 1948 the song was, was written. The ma it's called The Magic Song, written in 1948. Let me see how they connected it to Cinderella. Well, I, guess, I, I guess I was thinking of Snow White. I guess Cinderella thought it was in the 50s. Cinderella came out in 1950. The song was written yeah. in 48, so it wasn't written for Cinderella. It was introduced in the 1950 film Cinderella. So, okay. And in, in that, um, Rhoda William, who was the oldest daughter of... Uh, and Father Knows Best. She was the one that played the girl in that. She's with the princess. Um, Verna Felton, who everybody knows her being Dennis Day's mom, she was in that movie, uh, that cartoon. Those are some of the more famous voices I know of in Cinderella. Dennis Day's mother, she was a, she was a riot. Uh-huh, Verna Felton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and and the, third, the third guest, you were trying to help poor Tom out. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Red Rider. Oh, I wonder how did you figure that one out all by yourself? You're amazing, Charles. <laughs> Poor Tom. You, I guess he had a, he had a he has a long day looking at all them lights. Uh-huh. You know, I'm I'm really having a hard time with Blondie here. You got to come up with another one, Charles. Oh jeez. <laughs> I love it when he says oh jeez. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's see, Let's see Blondie. I'll go. I was doing it before. I'll go down the alphabet. Let's see. Um, I asked him about green. We've got a couple of greens here, and the green hornet is already taken, but we A is more. for adorable, B is for blue, C is for chocolate, D is for adorable, but adorable spell with an A. Um, cinnamon bear he took. Green. You are just so cool with cinnamon bear. My gosh, I can't believe you did that. Falcon, father knows you know, I think most people would think cinnamon is something you eat, but not a color. But that's very good. Cinnamon is, a, is generally referred to as a color as well. Mm. So, you know, what what color did you paint your walls? Cinnamon brown. I never heard them. Use I'm that. gonna throw I'm gonna throw one out. To me, it sounds right, but I don't know about the uh, the queen of the show. <laughs> yep, yep, the princess. Yes. There was a, there was a whole, old time radio show. Called Harry Lime. That's I've got that one. All right. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, there he is. Oh, it's some, you know, it's some because that's when when Tom was trying to get. Yeah. Well, not, I'm not picking on Tom. Don't get me wrong, but you know, he was trying to think of it. I'm going through the alphabet. A, B, C. That's how I came up on Cinnamon Bear. Huh? Saying, okay, A. Let's see. Da, da, da. I'm going in my mind like each letter. G H I J K L M N O P. It's easy, but it's not easy. It's Q I S T U V. Two of the hardest in the entire <laughs> list. W X 
Y and Z. Like I probably could get, a, I probably can get more if I, you know, you know stay, stay on the phone till 6 a.m. Now I know my ABCs. Because that's, um, that keeps, uh, uh, some good at this, Charles. I don't think I would have gotten those. I really don't. Well, sir, it's, it's not easy. It's, no. It's, as I said, it's easy, but it's not easy. It's like you got to go through almost the say, letter of the alphabet. I would say once we get to number 15, everything from that on is going to be really tough. Yeah. Well, the ones that are picked is like, okay. <laughs> I never heard of him. What was it? A blue beetle or something? Mm -hmm. Blue beetle. I never even heard of that one. Well, Patricia played that on the air a couple of weeks ago. So that's it must be one of those awful shows. Uh -huh. Yeah, when it, people it, tune it, out. It is an awful show. It is. Never heard of it, yeah. It is really awful. Oh, God. Really awful. Okay, and we had Voyage of the Scarlet Queen as well. So, okay, you did good. Uh, 23, why am I still up? <clears throat> I don't know why you're still up. That's all right, I'm not complaining. Go forth and get yourself to bed. You did very well. Cinnamon Bear and... Um, Harry Lime. Harry Lime. Honest to goodness. <laughs> I never thought anybody would get them. Ever, ever, ever. All right. Well, you get extra points on that. I'm going to have to put extra Christmas shows in your... In your envelope. Oh, I'm not looking at you. Oh, I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, gee whiz, he says. Where's, the only one that has a call so far is Ralph. Where's Ralph? Well, I probably can't get through the port. No, it's a busy night today. Everybody's talking for uh -huh. an hour. <laughs> Which is good. Hey, yeah. Yep, considering Patricia's going to be on until noon tomorrow, I think, <laughs> I think it helps. Hello? <laughs> Hello, Patricia who? As long as, she, as long as she's, uh, we're done at 1 o'clock for the, you know, kickoff. You know? Yeah, for the game, yeah. <laughs> and here we go again. Charles, <laughs> go to bed. We're going to play a bad show. Pay attention to the bad show, and maybe I'll put it in your envelope for you. A bad uh, show? If we, if we didn't care for you, we wouldn't pick on you. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll keep we that. Can't, we can't pick on Walden because he's the one that picks up the phone. That's true. <laughs> Okay, we're going with an awful show now. Okay, boss. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Have a good night you or morning or whatever you may be. Yeah. Almost snack Bye. time. It is snack time. Yeah. I mean, mm. it is. I'm down to the wire. It is snack time. I agree. I'm ready. Mm. Okay. Take care, Charles. You too. Bye. Bye, Charles. Bye. -bye. Okay. okay, Patricia and I need to go get a snacky poo. Yeah, we've got the awful show is the series American Trail. It was broadcast in 1953. If it showed up again, I don't know about it. It's a 13-part serial, and I can't imagine that it got past number one, but it did. There are 13. I found all 13, and if anybody would like to listen to more than this one, by all means, let me know. Otherwise, they're just going, I'm on volume two of my awful shows, and that's where they're going to go. This one, you might not even be able to pick it up until you get to the end, and maybe not even then, because you'll be glazed over. This one is about Samuel Morse. This is supposed to be about Pathfinder people um, who set new directions for America. 
and Samuel Morse certainly did, but boy, what they did to this show, it is painful to listen to. So I will ask for some feedback when we get back. Walden is going to boot this up, if that is the correct term. Probably not, but that's what he's going to do, I think. And um, it's called The American Trail. This one is Samuel Morse, and the the title of it is The Magic Wire. Hello. That'll give you an indication of what kind of show it is. Okay, you got it up, Walden? Yep. Oh, cool. Okay, we'll be back shortly. List view, American... The American Trail. The American Trail. Blazed in blood. Defended in blood. Chapter 7. The Magic Wire. Washington, D.C., the night of March 2nd, 1844. The shabby figure moves away from the shadows of the Senate building. It doesn't matter much who he is, some crackpot, a would-be inventor. You see all kinds in Washington. Cab? You, you want a cab, mister? Thank you, no. Oh, what? Well, if it ain't the professor... You're not not sociable, Professor. Say, is it right you want the Congress to give you $30,000 to approve your invention works? (laughs) Don't tell me they're not going to give you the money. Thick-headed oaf. A man to be laughed at. He's a big joke around Washington. Morse. Professor Samuel Finley Brees Morse invented something he calls the telegraph. And nobody seems to care. Senators. Congressman, 12 years of talking to them. They know my telegraph works. They've seen it work from one room to another. Why won't they believe it'll work over a long distance? Why won't they let me have the money to prove it? It's for the country's benefit. Well, if he didn't get the money appropriated tonight, he may as well give up. Congress adjourns tonight. So the man's come home. Or what he's called home for several months. A big, white, colonial-type house. Belongs to a government official who went to school with Morse. Commissioner of Patents, Ellsworth. Morse has been a house guest for several months. The big, square foyer. The winding staircase. Rich carpets. Good paintings. The professor walks upstairs. His room is on the second floor. Well, it's a room. Four walls. Washstand. Writing desk. Everything in very good taste. Besides, a man has to live somewhere. A cheap lodging house. A park bench. Or the hospitality of a friend. Call it charity. The professor takes off his coat, sits down on the edge of the bed. Fifty-three years old and a failure. A lifetime of failure. Yes? It's me, Professor. Oh, just a moment. Let me put a jacket on. Annie Ellsworth, daughter of the commissioner, young Beautiful. 
Sorry I kept you waiting. I waited up. I heard you come in. Did Congress... Oh, Samuel. You... You haven't had any food, have you? There's a tray of sandwiches in the parlor. You must eat. The parlor is cozy enough. Nice fire burning. Silver coffee pot. Chicken sandwiches. But the man just sits there brooding, staring into the fire. The girl watches him. I... I was thinking of 30 years ago. Long, long before you were born. I was just out of Yale. I was going to become immortal as an artist. I went to London to study. I know. I I did well. I, I won a gold medal. I had a future once. What happened to it? The telegraph is your future. It must be. You mustn't give it up. Annie. Annie, life is so unreal just now. I've been married. I lost my wife. I have grown up children. My oldest daughter is your age. Unreal. All of it. Unreal. The girl says goodnight. The man is alone. Restless. The long years of work gone for nothing. A dream, an ambition, dissolved into futility. Well, it's no use thinking of sleep. May as well go out. Out into the cold, hostile Washington night and just walk. It doesn't matter how far. Raining now, cold and raw. The man shivers, but doesn't care. Cobblestone Street. A few years ago, there'd been only muddy lanes. A light in one window of a house. Gone now. Only darkness. Darkness and the icy rain. Something ahead. Pale, misty against the night. Oh, a little white colonial church. The soft gloom. So restful. One is able to sit there and think. simple as that. A lot of money. An end to all financial worry. He could have gone back to his painting. A rich man, able to paint at leisure. But now what? He hasn't a penny in the world. And he has a family of children to support. I... I don't know what to do. Or where to turn. He's awake now. I, I feel better. Much better. He walks home again. Bitterness gone. Resentment, despair, all gone. His mind 
relax, peaceful. Why hadn't he come to this before? Yes? Are you up? Annie, good morning. I begged Father to let me tell you. To tell me? Samuel, you're getting the money. What? The very last thing they did, the last bill they passed before adjourning last night. Samuel, they voted you the money, $30,000, right after you left there. I must... I must let Alfred know. Alfred Vail, former art student at New York University where Professor Morse once taught. Vail, who had encouraged and helped Morse finish the invention. Vail, who must now hasten to Washington. Alfred, we must get to work. A shallow trench to be dug from Washington to Baltimore, a converted plow to dig it. Then, the laying of the wire. Testing, testing, testing. As each length of cable is buried in the trench, the signal must be tested. How far does it carry? The signal's not getting through. There's something wrong. Dread of failure. This man who has known little else all his life. Ask Mr. Vale to come here. Stop work. This, this trench is no good to us. We can't bury the wire. It won't work. So the telegraph wire has to be left in the open. Strung up on poles, all the way from Washington to Baltimore, the wire must be carried overhead. Again, testing, testing, testing. The telegraph instrument is in a tent beside the road. Morse has become nervous these days. About a mile along the road, Alfred Vale should be receiving a test signal. signal's not getting through. If he fails, the man will be a laughing stock. Every day, a crisis. The certainty of failure. Night and day without rest, without mercy to himself or those about him. A problem is met, overcome. Another takes its place. Mile upon mile of wire. Stretching from Washington toward Baltimore. The big day has come. A room in the Supreme Court building. Government officials, friends, Commissioner Ellsworth, his daughter, Annie. All there to see the telegraph tested over a distance of 30 miles. This is it. Samuel. Don't worry. Can anything go wrong? No, no, nothing can go wrong. Nothing. Gen <clears throat> Gentlemen. Gen gentlemen, please. Alfred Vale is in Baltimore, waiting to receive the message. I'm going to send it. Having received it, he will send the same message back to this room. Your attention, please. Morse starting to tap out the message. At this very moment, Alfred Vale is receiving the message. In a matter of seconds now... He will send it back to us. Well, Mr. Morse? They're waiting. Looking at you. Patience! In heaven's name, a moment of patience! 
Gentlemen. Gentlemen, this... This instrument is... Is now recording in code the message that Alfred Vale is sending from Baltimore. So it's working. Hasn't Morse been saying it does for 12 long years? A government official, familiar with the code, translates the message as it comes in. He seems unable to realize the enormity of the moment. Annie Ellsworth takes the slip of paper from his hand. Here it is. The message. What? Half? God? Wrought? What hath God wrought? A message soon to be heard around the entire world as a new era of rapid communications began. The world grew small, continents a few seconds apart. No longer was it necessary for an urgent message to take uncertain weeks by boat or stagecoach. Men built a telegraph cable across the American continent, across the Atlantic, around the globe. A magic wire that linked the world. This has been the seventh chapter in the story of the American nation brought to you by the Ladies' Auxiliary to the Veterans of Foreign Wars. Next week, another story to make you proud of this great country of ours as we follow The American Trail. VintageRadioShows.com Said the night wind to the little land Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little land. Do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. With a tail as big as a kite. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy. Do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy. Do you hear what I hear? A song, a song, high above the tree, with a voice as big as the sea. 
with a voice as big as the sea. Said the shepherd boy to the mighty king, Do you know what I know? In your palace warm, mighty king, Do you know what I know? A child, a child, shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Said the king to the people everywhere. Listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Listen to what I say. The child, the child, sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. He will bring us goodness and light. A merry little Christmas Let yourself be light From now on Our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself golden days of yore Faithful friends who are dear to us Gather near to us once more Through the years we all will be together If the fates allow Until then we'll have to muddle through somehow So have yourself a merry little Christmas now. Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years we all will be together, if the fates allow. Hang a shining star upon the highest bough. Yourself 
A merry little Christmas Our 
Turn way down low Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow When we finally kiss goodnight How I'll hate going out in the storm But if you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm The fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Let it snow, let it snow When we finally kiss goodnight 
Merry Christmas, everybody. We're back. All body and soul and stuff like that there. We're here. And stuff like that there. Oh, yes. We still need to know the second role that actor John Brown played in every um, sorry, in every life of Riley. He played Digger O'Dell, but he also played a second character in every single show. And that's worth BD. And we also need to know who had the middle name Philharmonic. That's a great question. <laughs> if you know the answer, you can give us a call at 714-545-2071. And we need shows with a color in the title of the show. Hello there, you're on the air. He played the part of Gillis. Alright, Ron! You got it! I just, I just, I just so happened to come home and turn on the radio and I heard Bing Crosby sing and then I heard We Wish You a Merry Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Then I hear this, what did um, John Brown play? Digger, <laughs> <laughs> Digger Odell. Uh-huh. What was his second role? Uh-huh. And you knew it. Well, yeah. How did the show go? Oh, it was, it was really cute. They had several kids that wanted to sing with me and oh. live in an apartment complex. And so we had a good time. Did you sing? You did, you rather sing than play? I don't sing. I <laughs> back home. Then there was this one. They played the same thing. They wanted to sing Blue by You or something. Oh. Off the wall song. And uh, it was kind of nice, so yeah, it was good fun. I enjoyed myself. Uh, Is this your first gig after you weren't feeling well? No, I, I have had several after that already. So I'm getting better. And my my um, stamina is getting better. I, I was getting really tired, but I'm, my endurance level is getting better, so. I can hear it that you're better than you had been. Oh, yeah, because I'm rowdy again. <laughs> Frisky and, and you're... Frisky, that's the word. There you go. Frisky, yeah. Oh. Feisty is the right word. Feisty? Yeah, well, that could be, too. Hey, by the way, I'm really enjoying the information, please, CDs. I, um, I find it very entertaining. So, thank you. That's one of my really keeper shows. I like that show a lot. Yeah, information, please. Yeah, that's a good show. Those are good shows. I mean, um, and, um, yeah. But you know, Paul Harvey's son, Paul Jr. I mean, the Paul Harvey uh, CD. He he's not bad either. Now, Walter, is Paul Harvey Jr. still doing? I do not hear it. Remember, they made, when, when Paul Sr. passed away, they made a big deal that Paul Jr. was going to continue with the rest of the stories and things. I have not heard any. It's not too long after his passing. I don't even know if he was still... I wonder what, ha- I wonder what happened, yeah. I, I don't know if ABC decides to say goodbye. It, ABC's in trouble. Um, It's owned by a company called Citadel, and ABC Radio's in deep, deep financial trouble straight, so I imagine mean, they, they started to do major cutbacks over the last two years. It's not the television side. It's no, a, a separate company bought the radio division. Yeah. And the radio thing is, even KBC has gone through major cutbacks. Uh, you know, they own KBC in LA, and they cut, 
the staff behind the scenes. So you know, KGO in San Francisco did the same. Oh, I know. It's been a, it's uh, people have been calling me. It's been a total bloodbath. What they did in San Francisco. Ah. Uh, talk radio. Uh, the radio market is really downsizing. Good thing. Good thing we're in. We good thing we got job well, security. But, no, what's happening is, I think they're, they're, they're all going to syndicated shows, right? So right. you don't have the the San Francisco talk show hosts like right. before, or even KBC. Right. All these different talk because, show hosts. Yeah, because it's free. Michael Jackson, all yep. those other people. It, you know, local cost personnel, and that costs money, and the syndicated shows are given to the station for free. Most of them are. It's so fun, and it's all automated. It becomes automated. Uh-huh. It's, I, I, I really am disappointed that radio has become that way, syndicated, you know. All the stations have become syndicated. I, I, I like some... Some of the national syndicated shows, but I think, oh, yeah. I think there are, I think there's a lot of national syndicated shows that are not really worth listening to. I agree. So, I you think. Have, you don't have the Ray Breen kind of show. Uh uh-uh. uh. You don't. You, you know? don't have Ray Breen. No, you don't. Uh, and so, yeah. it's disappointing. That's why we're, we're lucky we got this yesterday USA and we can have this, you know, we can just. We got the personal touch around here. There you go, Patricia. Yes, you cannot get lovable and adorable anyplace else. No. <laughs> All right. I agree. I agree. Ooh-wee. What would we do without Patricia? I don't know. She could keep her. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You're not yeah. throw me back. But you know what? No. I figured if you and I have to go anywhere, you're, 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 you're with me. Eventually, what we're going to do is Patricia one day will fool us and she'll be a sports cast. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, oh, you know, I don't know. We are, you know, we are grooming her for a whole new career. You know, once she'll, she'll become one of those sport broadcasters before we know it. Yeah, she'll be... She'll, she'll, she'll leave the Saturday Night Family behind and become she'll a... She'll be a color analyst with Vince Cully. Yes, she'll be doing baseball comedy. There you go. Baseball play-by-play. There you go. Little people, you're grooming me for this. Well, we think you, you got to support us in our old age. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll let Patricia support us by yeah. making tons of money being a sports caster. A 78-year-old here, you guys are on your own. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> she's older than we are. I know. I know. But she sounds young. Yeah. You know, Patricia. I hope you never lose that youth, youthfulness. In your, in your talking and whatever. So even when you're 85, you'll still <laughs> how you sound tonight, you know? Oh, thank you. That's very nice to hear. Thank you. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Hey, um, I, I found that the piano thing that you emailed me on it, um, I, was it iTunes or whatever? You can listen to it on iTunes, but it's, um, it, it's an... It's a site on the internet that has streaming all day long and all day long. They call it Calm Radio. Calm Radio. Ah. Uh, uh, two jazz categories in addition to um, 
classical music, and there's a Christmas station up there right now. So it's, it's got a, it's got some good stuff that's I thought was in your I like this category. It was nice. It was very nice. Yeah, I, I heard it last night. Yes. They have thing called Calm Radio. I, I mean, Walden. Yep. On the internet, yep. it's amazing. Yep. Amazing how much radio things they got on the internet. It's, uh, the last I've seen numbers, I've seen like 7,000 radio stations on the internet. But why can't I? How can they keep their heads above water, you know? Well, it, it depends how they structure the deal. They, they are, there are those who you can do it for $7 a month. But for $7 a month, you'll, you'll be able to only have maybe one person listen to it at a time. Right, right. And so, if you want to have more than one person, it, it costs bandwidth and costs more money. And... The Com Radio site charges, um, I can't recall if it was six, I think it's six dollars a month, eight dollars a month, maybe. Mm -hmm. a membership place, but they've got, you know, really high quality stuff there. That's what we want. Yeah, I, but I don't have, I mean, you know, you start adding this up, eight dollars... Is that cheap? Oh, I mean, that's more than a hundred dollars a year. That's right. Hey, by the way, um, Walter, uh, how many old-time radio sites are there? You remember on the Yeah, internet? the last I saw was n about 90, I think 93 or 96 right how now. Can they, that's another thing. How can they, how can they stay above water? Because they got to pay a fee to Live 365. Right, but not, see, that's the nice thing about Live 365. Uh, they have different packages. They can go from $7 on, on up to $1,000 a month. And the big boys, like Yesterday USA or Radio Once More, we don't want to have advertising on our site. And so that costs more money. So there are things you do that cost more money in order to keep, uh, keep certain things off. I think Yesterday USA was grandfathered, grandfathered in other Yeah, I, I, I put it together with uh, them in 2002. Yeah. Originally, Go ahead. originally, you you like this story, Ron. Um, broadcasting on the internet started at least in 1996, probably sooner. And you know how you know how it got started? No. There was a guy who liked basketball in the state of Texas. He loved Indiana basketball, and he came up with a way for his buddies in Indiana University to send him the radio broadcast through the internet, and then he decided to form a co company named Broadcast.com, and he called Bill Bragg and said, hey, you know, I need some satellite dishes, and so he hired Bill to put satellite dishes, he offered Bill a job, Bill turned the job down. The guy sold Broadcast.com to Yahoo for over a billion dollars. He gave every employee a million dollar bonus. And with that, he bought the Dallas Maverick. That was Mark Cuban. It's responsible for internet radio. And so Mark Cuban offered Bill Bragg a job. Bill turned it down. But every employee that worked for him got a million dollar bonus when he sold it. And that's why we have the internet. Why did turn down the job? He finally figured, you know, he had, a, he had other jobs going. Bill was a freelance. It, it was one of those 50-50, and he picked the wrong... Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Mm. When he found no, out and, what happened. And Mark Cuban is now one of the guys who are going to buy the Dodgers. <laughs> One of KABC will still be the flagship. No, no, it's moved to KOEC or it's moved over to KOEC. Really? Yep. Oh my gosh. Yep. They're going to move to KOEC? Yep. 570. You got it. Wow. Yep, so that's where you're going to have to find Vince Kelly and the boys. Wow. Yeah. You know, if you are on KFI, they, they used to, when I lived in LA, they were on KFI. Yep. And one thing good about KFI, it's a 50,000 tier channel station. And you could hear it all over the country, you know, at night. That's true. But, uh, That's true. So, Kelly, now, can you pick up Kelly from where you live in Costa Mesa? Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Also, part of the deal that Mark Cuban offered Bill, he offered Bill free internet streaming for Yesterday USA. Oh, my God. So, that's how Bill, in the 90s, got it all free. It was free with, with Yahoo. Uh, but when we lost, when Yahoo decided to drop broadcasting at, at that time, the way we like to do it, then I had to go look for another place, and we struck a really sweet deal with Live 365. Yeah, but, you know, if you were to go on to Live 365 now, big bucks. you wouldn't get the price in. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I have other friends who have come up with cheaper way to broadcast. Uh, so, but I think Bill would prefer to keep it live 24 hours a day, streaming. The other choice is that you keep it recorded and maybe just make the live show just live. But Bill's an old-fashioned broadcaster, and I think he liked the feel of live 24 hours. You know, so there's more than one way to do it. Yeah. Well, I, I like it live 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, so, Patricia, um, have you found some underground things? It's amazing how you get things underground, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's, it's so much fun. I found another underground um, under the radar. This one's flying under the radar, and it doesn't have an awful lot there, but it might have a couple of shows. I haven't checked it out yet. It just surprised me that I came across it. And there's not a whole lot there, but there might be something. I'll go back and investigate. Yeah, all right. Um, so, Patricia, you're not going to be able to visit your family during the holidays, or you're going to just My sister's at home? for Christmas. You're not going to go? No, my sister will be here for Christmas. With you? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Good. I- we're going to get to meet her on the phone? Probably not. <laughs> she doesn't have their kind of effervescent personality. Say that again, please. She's quieter. She doesn't like to talk. She doesn't have the... I know that's not the case at all. <laughs> <laughs> well. Oh, uh-uh. Okay. Well, anyway, you guys, it's been, it's been fun. We're getting closer to Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. Santa's going to come. Yeah. That's true. And so. I've been good all year. Uh, Patricia's going to get a few more gifts in the mail. <gasps> Santa's going to mail? Well, no. No, he... He's, he for that poor guy, he's bailing out the post office in addition to all the other deliveries. That's you know, I really feel the post office is really... 
squeezing and beating with the companies of UPS and FedEx and all that kind of stuff. And, and, I have to... and the morale, they tell me, at the post office is really down because they hear foreclosures, you know, closing of offices and stuff like that. Hmm. Pretty sad. And then I talked about no Saturday delivery, and then they're gonna, you, you won't be able to get really express mail anymore or whatever. I mean, that's the thing that made people upset, that um, first-class mail is no longer going to be first-class mail. Yeah. They're, they're going to delay it. Yeah. Like, what I, I mailed to Patricia on Thursday, you probably won't get it till one week later. Uh-huh. Even if we say mail it first class, yep. mm-hmm. it's going to go no class mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. It's sad. Maybe somebody with a logistical mind can help me understand how slowing down the mail is going to make a difference. I mean, eventually you're going to have to deliver everything that's in your pile. Yeah, but if you, let's say if you cut back the number of workers that are processing the mail, just gonna, they, they just don't have enough people to go to, to sort through it. But backlogged, it's backlogged. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like trying to stuff too much water through a hose. Right, that's what they're going to have. It's a terrible backlog. E- eventually everything stops. Eventually it will. Sure. Did, did you hear, I guess, um, somebody was telling us that they have found some letters that are 40 years old and are mailing to people now. Does that surprise me? No. Bill <laughs> <laughs> Wright. There were other shows that had their versions. Uh, CBS Workshop did one the Sunday before. Cavalcade of America did one. So we're going to feature some of those other versions to show how other people handle the Bill of Rights besides Norman Corwin, We Hold the Truth. So we're going to do that. Uh, we might play a Norman Corwin interview if I get time. And we'll play some other shows around that week. So that's what I got planned. Uh, next week, again, everybody, just put this on your calendar. We'll get some new interviews. I'm going to interview on Friday night Ed Silverman, who is Bill Stern's right-hand man. So we're going to talk about Bill Stern, uh, Ed Silverman's a new catcher, especially for ABC on New York. And then uh, Sunday, a week from tomorrow, we're going to have a gentleman named Steve Mitchell, who is a Gene Autry sound-alike. He goes around and plays and sounds like Gene Autry and has Christmas CDs and things like that. And he lives on a ranch in Texas that has three national historical landmarks. His family been in cattle raising things like that in the state of Texas. So we're going to have a very interesting interview Sunday the 18th. So, hey, who was the guy the, on Dangerous Assignment? Steve Mitchell. Exactly. Same guy. But, you know. I, I played by Brian Donovan. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to cut me loose and I want to let you guys know that I'm looking forward to two more Saturdays and looking forward to the 24th and all kinds of good stuff. And, We'll have some fun. We will. We will, Ron. You behave yourself. I'll make every effort.
Aloha. Aloha. I love it. We'll make every effort. That was a good one, Rob. Uh -huh. Two points for that. Oh, gosh. That's a, that's a Patricia one. If she could have used that, she would have. I will make every effort. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, we need some feedback on that gosh awful show. If you have ever heard anything awfuler than that one, please let me know. Awfuler? Uh. Awfuler than that one. Awfuler? Uh. That's a new, new word. That's because it's not even a word. <laughs> <laughs> you never heard it before because I just made it. Uh, you better send it in. That way you can trademark, copyright it, and put All it right. on a t-shirt. Uh, you can't copyright a word, but maybe it'll make it in next year's dictionary. They keep... Adding the screwiest stuff. Well, you, you, actually, you can. So the internet acronyms are up there now. People use LOL for as an abbreviation uh -huh. for laughing out loud. That's in there. Well, I was thinking of uh, Pat Riley, the basketball coach for the uh, Lakers, and huh? you know he's either copyright, probably trademark the word three P when the Lakers were trying to go for three in a row. Ah, okay. And, and he put it on sweatshirt, and he, and he was making over a million dollars a year just off that. And that's the, he trademarked it. Uh-huh. Smart person, because he was marketing. Yeah. So he needed a trademark on that. My goodness, my goodness. 714-545-2071. We're up and awake and about. We're looking for Santa's reindeers. We're waiting. We're two weeks ahead of schedule, but we're here. Patricia will feed the reindeers. And I have to find different versions of Up on the Rooftop, Reindeers. <laughs> it is the night before Christmas. It's a, the, um, a visit from St. Nick that I'm supposed to look for, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Radio versions. The radio versions. All 500 Radio versions are there. There can't be very many. I have never heard one that I can remember. Oh, well. A whole performance of A Visit from St. Nick uh -huh. on the radio. I've never heard one. Have Wait, you, do yeah. you know of any out there? Yeah, I do. Several. Mm, here he goes again. Mm. Okay, where are they? Mm. Start listening to the great grocery shows. He read the story to Marjorie and Leroy, the Christmas shows from 45 and 46. Of course he did. Okay. And of course you hear it in the songs. Yeah, well, that, that doesn't really count for pronunciation. It's, it's, um... Well, that's how I do it. How do you do it? Hold I on, every... Song. Your seatbelt's on. I listen to the song. That's a pronunciation. Up on the rooftop, reindeers, I don't... Hello there, you're on the air. Yeah, of course, you're talking about apples and oranges. Well, we but they're, they're still in the same basket. Okay. Yeah, I suppose. You know, I mean, if you're going to reach for an apple and orange, they're still in the same fruit basket. That's true. Um, okay, if difficult. you're looking for roof versus roof, uh -huh. look for your your British actors or your your some of your back east people are back going east. to say roof and hoof. And this is going to be a close one, Walden, because it's going to depend on how many of the West Coast are other type actors. Most of them may very well say 
roof because it scans better. So you. That's it, what I think. I think when you're reading it in line, I think it it rings better. I think when you listen to Hal Perry read it, I think you're gonna find it just it clicks better. So and of course there might be a Fibber McGee and Molly version of it, but only, I don't know. Yeah, I only, know there's only in the songs. Only in the songs. But okay. I don't Patricia gonna accept that. And of course um, there's the Fred Waring versions. Yeah, I, except for the occasional mixer, I don't think there's much of interest there. <laughs> um, or I guess it'd be a blender, not a mixer, I should say. Uh-huh. Gotta be the spoken word, sir. No, we, we don't accept music for... Right, yeah. Well, who, who's setting the ground rules? Yeah. Obviously, obviously you can't very well accept... Um, but if, if, it's all music. If, 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 if they're singing a song, it doesn't count? If what? <laughs> if they're singing a song, it doesn't count? No. Uh, well, well I was, I, that's, a wolf was a wolf. That's kind of interesting. All right, well. British singers can sound like Americans when they sing. So singing doesn't count because different pronunciations happen in songs that... Jeez, uh, I, I am just getting... Would not happen I'm, in I'm, I think she's trying to snag those two-pound worth of chocolate. The easiest, well, the easiest way I would think would be just to, to Google audio... Um, a visit from St. Nicholas and see if, you know... Well, I'm willing to make it simple. If you can do it that way, I'm well... Willing, I'm, make, I'm willing to make it really easy for adorable one. Yeah. Go listen to the Hal Perry, read it to Leroy and Marjorie in 45 and 46, and we'll see what you think. Well, you know what would really be a good thing for me to do? Yes. Is put in the word roof and pronunciation in Google. <laughs> <laughs> and what's going to come up is both... That's true, but I I think if you really want to hear it in the poem, you know, but I think I think it's going to be a close call. I think I think Walden, you you're you're, it's going to be right on the edge. Uh -huh. Here's an audio for Ruth. So let me see. I'm going to turn my sound up. And click here. Did you hear that? Nope. Dead silent. Let's do it again. Hold on. I'm getting ads here. Isn't that awful? They, I know. That's up. They want to buy a new roof. Professional sound recorder. I do not want a professional sound recorder. Oh, they're going to mess up my whole thing here. You can't be humming in case it pops up. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, guys. I have to quit here. They locked up my... Yeah. But Patricia... Trying to sell something to me, and they locked... Boy, they have a way of doing that. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know that, that that's... So what year was it written, guys? Let's, let's, let's get the uh, trivia on the table. When was the, the visit from St. Nick written? I don't know if it... My memory is not... My memory is... I don't even know if I know an exact year, if it was like 1852 or... Something like I don't that. even know. Yeah. 1800s. I think it's 1844. But actually, there is... A, there does apparently seem to be a question about it, who actually wrote it. Not Clarence Moore? Well, based on all the other stuff he wrote, it, it appears that it may have actually been written by somebody else. I read that... I know I read that a couple mm. of years ago. I... Um, because it's so much, so much unlike everything else he he wrote. Otherwise, 
and yet the person that they thought it was, it sounds much more like his writing style. So, I don't know, I think that's a separate can of worms. I, but, and like I said, I don't know, I'm not even, I'm... You weren't there, Charlie, if that makes you what we're saying? Well, it's not even a, well, no, well, I was just thinking about when it was written, but it's it's not even educated guess, because I just don't, flat, don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let you go, but it'll be an interesting thing to, to uh, see what comes up. Yep. So, okay, so the next time we're going to see you guys is next, is it next Friday? Saturday. Saturday. Saturday the 17th. I'm letting Patricia get rested up. Okay, regular time? Yeah, well, 12.30 to 9.30, I'll okay, be playing. Okay, so 9.30 out yeah. here, okay. Yeah. Well, then I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye. That's right, Patricia gets to have another easy week. I have to restart my computer. Restart. It really locked me up here. Really start a computer. Anybody have a free computer, we can donate to Patricia. No, I have no. a computer. It's just that this awful page locked everything up on me. So I have to restart. Oh. <laughs> very sad. Oh. Well, anybody want to give us a call? We're here. 714-545-2071. Been a nice, wonderful, busy night. We love to give you... And we're having trivia. We need to know the names of some shows that have titles with a color in them, like the Green Hornet. Mm -hmm. And the Scarlet Queen. And the Blue Beetle. What else do we have here? Red Skelton, Cinnamon yeah. Bear, Red Rider. Yeah. And White Christmas, which really wasn't a program. It was I'm oh, dreaming of a white Christmas. Poor baby. Just like the one I used to know. Nobody's awake. We can keep talking. Nobody's awake. No, Everybody awake. went Everybody's to awake. bed. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Alden. Now, see what happens when there's no computer. Our whole life goes down the flusher. What was your life like before the computer? You know, it was peaceful. It was... That's Something's awake. <laughs> Something's over there awake in Fort Myers. Well, that's what a Macintosh, that's the sound of Macintosh. Really? When it's restarting. Oh, wow. Or when it's, when it's starting up. Uh-huh. And because I had my sound turned way up, and because it locked up and I couldn't turn it down. You woke up the whole neighborhood. We got bum. Bum, 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 bum. And we are grinding and grinding for a start. It's really surprising. This little laptop is much slower than the other computer was. Hmm. So. Maybe because it's an itty bitty small little one? I don't know. You don't know? It's hysterical because this little circle goes around while it's it's um, locking into the programs. Mm -hmm. And if the circle keeps going, it means that you can't access your hard drive any longer. And it takes this one a very long time. And by the time it gets to the end, I'm next to hysterical, <laughs> thinking <laughs> that my hard drive is down there. Oh. It's fine now. So we will have our goodies back up. But I really do have some nice goodies. What, you didn't listen to that show, did you? No. No. I was trying to clean up the kitchen. Yeah. Walden made a mess in the kitchen. I sure did. And you're such a good boy for fixing it. I just wanted to make sure Walden was not going to be in the doggy house. But you did good. 
Well, I'll know for sure if anybody don't comment on it, then I got away with murder. <laughs> That's right. Does everybody know? Uh-huh. Oh, gosh, look at this mess. No wonder it's slow. I've got all of this stuff all over the computer, all over my desktop. It's almost full. I have to clean it out. I've got my awful shows up on the desktop. If part of Patricia's... Wait, did I find a collection? You know what I found? was a handful of audition shows, audition in the sense that they were submitting them yep. to the company for consideration. Right. And heaven help me, I know why there's only an audition <laughs> up there. And I was surprised that there are so many available. There are. It's always really got me why there's so many audition shows around. Yeah, why are they? I mean, an audition show with something like Johnny Dollar mm -hmm. makes sense. But, but to have an audition show, period, that wasn't broadcast anywhere. Maybe mm -hmm. it was broadcast. I don't know. Audition shows weren't broadcast. No. I think a couple ideas. Excuse me. Um, because they were put on transcription discs, so that's why we still have them. Uh-huh. And B, I think because people were still trying to sell them, they held on to them. And so they kept floating them around, sending them out to places, and I think that's part of the reason why producers they still held on to them because they, you know, they were sort of like their personal work trying to get something going on the air, and that's yeah. why it sort of fell in our hands. How interesting is that? Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Um, it it surprised me, and it's, some of them I can't imagine that they would want to even own up to some of these. They would just awful and there's one i would love to have you play one night i'll send it out it starts off with minutes of well this isn't really a, a, an accurate representation and there's a lot of music in here but we cut out the middle because the song for so long it would have taken eight minutes we went to this detailed explanation mm -hmm. of excuses and i mean instead of having a show where you could simply say on the recording, this is our show, this is uh, the best we can do, and we want you to take a look at it. If you have to set it up, there's something wrong with the show, you know? Uh-huh. Well, and there's other things that popped up. For example, the Simon Bear had sort of like a, an audition show. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting how they try to sell it, and they must them. They introduced the characters and had a little interview for the 15 minutes. Uh-huh. And storyline, ventured by more did an excerpt highlight. Mm -hmm. I have auditions where uh, Coffee Morse was showing different versions of one I Love a Mystery. So there were different ways they did auditions. Uh, so I guess it just wasn't the normal one that we would assume. Yeah. There's one, let me see if it's in the name of the law. I Want to Come Back. That's one of the really bad ones. Mm hmm. And it, it, it's an audition show, and this is the only one that's up there. I cannot imagine that they even had the gumption to go out and try to sell this thing the way it's set up on this particular recording. But it's the only one, and it's called I Want to Come Back, and the subtitle is Finding Jobs for Convicts. That's the premise of the entire mm -hmm. show. They were interviewing convicts who clearly were primed, and they were actors, and yes, sir, I would like to come back. And they said, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. And he said, I have brown hair, I'm five foot ten. <laughs> Give me a break here. 
and this is what I was doing before I was in prison, and I want to get out, and my family is, I mean, just bubbly, boop, 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 and they had the prison band playing. Walden, it just was amazing. Well, just uh, an amazing experience to listen to this thing. I often found it interesting that there was a radio show where, and I forget the name of the series, mm-hmm. um, where they had the warden of a famous prison system come on and do commentary every week, and each week was a story about one of his prisoners. Mm-hmm. I'm just amazed they even would even try something like that every week. Yeah, and these were actual prisoners, yes. although they changed the names. Uh-huh. They, they gave the identification of the prison and that they were talking with the real warden. Yes. They changed his name to protect... Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break if you if you're working. I don't know what the prison was, but if you're working at Sing Sing and you're the warden at Sing Sing, exactly what protection is it going to be that they changed your yeah, name now yeah. that everybody knows who you are and where you uh-huh, are? Uh-huh. So it, it it's just an amazing piece of non-work, and yes. somebody thought it would fly. Now there is a show out there. Um, we talked about it one night. Oh, and it wasn't this one. It has to do with parole. Mm-hmm. It, it, the name, it, the, the title has parole in the title. Right. And it, it's a dreadful show also, but it's heads and shoulders above this one. Mm. Of course, that's opinion. That's what it did. Oh, uh, yeah. But I'll send this one, and maybe one night when you're fussing around and putting things away and doing your filing, you could give a listen to part of it and give me some feedback. You bet. Yeah, we have stuff. We have Douglas of the World. We have Dental Clinic of the Air. Perfect. I kid you not, from 1931. I'm assuming that was a local show. Scrape, scrape, drill, drill. (laughs) Yes, I think there's a dentist talking here about how cavities form, and if you have a porcelain filling and it's not perfectly dry underneath, you may have an opportunity to not have a perfect seal and get a cavity underneath this filling. This is a half an hour show. Well, sound like to me somebody sold out uh, info commercial. Practically. Well, it, it, it really is supposedly an informational yeah. show, and yeah. it's got a real dentist talking. Yeah. Then we have the Hackleberry Hotel. Do you know what that one is? Nope. That's a new one. That's a new one to me. Jeff and Lucky? Yes, I know that one. Now, that starred Owen Soleil, who was the uh, leading first-nighter, and Bill Poussey, who was also one of the early Captain Midnight. Exactly right. And it was about the two people who are uh, riding a train, and one is sort of a, a, a regular... One is a dapper gentleman, and yeah. the other guy is a... A, a, a bundle of sticks. Well, I'm trying to think of the term where they use a guy, a regular hobo, but it's a different term. Uh-huh. And, and so, I, yeah, I've heard that audition. And they're, and they're riding a, t- a train, and uh-huh. so I've got the audition show for yep. that. I found two Jack Webb shows, and they, they are not the ones... I haven't listened to them yet. Mm-hmm. I just grabbed them. Um, one, of, one is called Mas- Razor Master Detective. And the other one is Story of Howdyville. 
why not you? It's a great way to market. He's offered them royalties. He's offered them right to turn down the book. Your first refusal. Final, final review. Yes. Yep. So really, there's nothing. There's nothing for them to lose. Not a thing. Nope. So why not, General Mills? What they're losing is good public relations. That's right. By golly, and we're going to make sure That's we right. publicly relate. That's right. So we are we are gathering together. We have <laughs> gathered together <laughs> to join these people and yes. one share yes. of General Mills stock. So That's right. claim that we've got 50 shareholders, and we do. We just will not mention to them that it's all the same share. Mm -hmm. Everybody will own 2% of the stock mm -hmm. and um we can protest protest as stockholders protest and we'll we'll do a fibber mcgee fibber showed up at the um was it the railroad company uh-huh and behaved like he was he half owner yep of the entire company yep. and it turned out that he owned a single share mm -hmm. Uh, and they treated him like a king until they found out what he was doing. And, of course, poor Sibber didn't know that he was doing, I mean, as far as he was concerned, owning a share of stock made him a bigwig in the company. That's right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to bigwig the company. We're going to bluff them. Uh, I don't know. We're all shareholders. We are. Sure. Yeah. We, we just will allow them to assume whatever they would like to assume. That's right. We are just going to say we have we have an interest, a vested interest in the company, and fifty people are here. Mm -hmm. Now we can we can do good wording on this. We can manage to swing this through. Yeah, I have a Bing Crosby quote about Christmas. All right. Unless we make Christmas an occasion to share our blessings, all the snow in Alaska won't make it white. Ah. Uh, That's sweet. Yeah. Very nice. Dale Evans had one. Okay. What did Christmas, my child, is love in action. Yeah, good. All right. So, you know, there, there just wasn't anything with good white mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. Everybody is talking about love and heart and, you know, I mean, being... Bing did it. All the snow in Alaska won't make it white. That was, that was you know, kind of a nice earthy, you know? You bet. I have to go out and find better stuff here. One of the most glorious messes in the world. I like this one. This is Andy Rooney. <clears throat> one of the most glorious messes in the world is the mess created in the living room on Christmas Day. Don't uh, up too quickly. Yeah, yeah. That nice? That's a great thought. Yeah, I like that one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it took a while for me to find these things. Christmas gift suggestions to your enemy, forgiveness. Yes. To an opponent, tolerance. Yes. To a friend, your heart. Yeah. To a customer, service. Uh-huh. To all, charity. Yeah. And to every child, a good example. And to yourself, respect. And you know what? The price tag is really reasonable for all that. Very reasonable. Yeah. You know, for some people, it's it's expensive to be able to say, I'm sorry, or I love you, or, yeah. um, you know, just be nice to other people. Now, I have a name. Perhaps you can tell me who this poor person is. Oren Arnold. O-R-E-N Arnold is the person who said that. And I have no idea who this person is. I don't even know if it's a man or a woman. I'm assuming it's a man. Orin? O-R-I-N? O-R-E-N. 
I do not know who the person is. Neither do I. So let's go look mm -hmm. and assume that somebody's not going to lock up my computer this time. Gosh, I just hate that. I mean, I, I got to a site and they tossed up this ad that spun and spun and you had to agree to this. And oh boy, oh boy. That wasn't a very nice thing to do. Okay, R.N. Arnold. And somebody knows him because he's in Wikipedia. Well, Manuscript galleys of the Golden Chair from 1954. Hmm. Quotes, quotes, quotes. <laughs> Christmas quote. Arn Arnold Papers, books, biography, contact information. Hmm. Amazon, Orin Books, Barnes & Noble. Well, obviously he was a writer, or is a writer. Let's see what Amazon says about him. You can keep talking to me. Hello, Patricia. Oh, it doesn't do anything except give a list of books. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house. <laughs> Everybody was on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> not a creature was stirring, not even Everybody a mouse. Everybody was on the roof. We're, we're hung by the stocking with Jimmy with care. Goodness, you talk about eclectic. Um, he's a writer. For Rose. For Arnold Papers. 19th, okay. Arizona State University. And they have his papers. Biographical note. Arizona editor and freelance writer, Oren Arnold, was born in Texas in 1900. Uh, schools in Texas followed studies at Rice Institute in Houston. He didn't move very far, did he? Got married, mm -hmm. settled in Phoenix began a freelance writing career, publishing a number of books, beginning with Superstition's Gold. I wonder if that's like a Gold Rush book. Scope and note, well, I guess I'm kind of, let's see, ta -ta -ta -ta, all of these papers. The um, Arizona University has his works in their archives which is nice, but I still don't know who he is, and I'm feeling a little bit embarrassed because if his papers are in a university... Why well, did he say the editor of the, uh, the paper in Arizona? No, just an editor. I didn't say... He was He was living in Arizona, and he was an, an, he was an editor, but it didn't say of an Arizona paper. Hmm. Just an editor. A freelance writer and an editor. So, anyway, that's... <laughs> Either here nor there. Welcome to Old Time Radio Live Show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Tabasco sauce. <laughs> well, are you going to read me the quote? The, I did. He was the one who said, uh, gift suggestions to your enemy. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. He was the one. Um, I mean, nice sentiments. Mm -hmm. But, well, Charles Schultz said Christmas is doing a little something extra for someone. Aww. But, I mean, that packs as much punch as... Well, in our case, we do, like, we do a bunch of big stuff. Say that again, please? For us, we do a bunch of big stuff. Yeah, we'll do big stuff. We'll come up with some really good quotes yeah. for Christmas. I will do that. For the moment, that was the best I could do, and that's... 
I don't know. We need something with a lot of zip, like Tabasco sauce. Zippity doo da, zippity day. Day I told you they produce. Let me think. Every day you want me, or every year? Every day. I think you said seven thousand. I said seven hundred and fifty thousand. I think I'm a little short. I think you're a little short. <laughs> Seven, this is the, the real thing in Louisiana, in the bayous and the swamp areas. They have finally had to send out their homegrown seeds. These are seeds that came down from the 1800s, plants in the 1800s, and they cultivate their own seeds every year, and they ship most of them to Brazil for growing, and then the peppers come back from Brazil. And it really is an extraordinary process. These, these peppers sit in vats for two years, and they can't go in the vat unless they're exactly the right color. They have color sticks that pickers take out to the fields. When they pick the chili peppers, they measure the color against a color stick. The color, the paint color of the stick is exactly the color that the that the peppers have to be in order to be pepper picked. <laughs> <laughs> then paint pepper picking 750,000 bottles a day. Wow. And at first I thought that they, they must have made a mistake. Uh, I've heard this from the mouth of the person who runs the company. And it, they did a really nice job on uh, the history station, I think it was. Um, but then I got to the bottom of some information. I went and looked at the website to see what kind of information I could find. Tabasco sauce is shipped to 160 different countries and territories. Wow. Now, under those circumstances, 750,000 bottles a day makes a whole lot of sense. Because mm -hmm. you know, as, as you pointed out, the bottles are very small. If you walk into a restaurant with condiments on the table, you'll get mustard and sweet and low and salt and Tabasco sauce. Every table has Tabasco sauce. So it makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, because you can't buy... Absolutely. You can't buy the goo to refill the bottles, mm -hmm. so you have to buy new bottles, and that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. I could do that. Mm-hmm. All right, now here's here's something. <laughs> I don't know why I picked this one. <laughs> we already talked about David Selznick in 1939 paying what was then a really huge line of $5,000 to the Motion Picture Producers Association mm -hmm. because he insisted that the word damn remain in Gone with the Wind's final script. Right. That was at the end when Rhett Butler turned around and said, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, mm -hmm. and out the door he went. And that was against the censors in Code. in thirty nine. Uh -huh. They wanted it yanked. Well, I mean, what would you do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a darn. Uh, Frankly, my dear, then get closed the door. Yeah, I suppose. Mm -hmm. it, just looking and walking out the door rather than saying anything at uh -huh. all, because it, it it was a word that had to stay. It simply had to stay, and it was in the original piece of work. So. Anyhow, this this next one, I do not know why I have this. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell you, but it is a honey. Uh -huh. Dr. Samuel Johnson. Half the quotes in the United States of America belong to Ben Franklin, and the other half belong to Samuel Johnson. Oh, wow. He's a leading British literary scholar and critic, mm -hmm. which sounds very foo-foo, right? Right. 
Well, the other piece of information is that he once drank 36 glasses of port without moving from his seat. I contend that if I drank 36 glasses of port, I wouldn't be able to move from my seat. You'd be just laying on the floor, huh? Just stuck there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I I don't I don't know why I have these things. What in heaven's name was there so appealing about some of these things at the time I put them together? A typical breakfast in South China would likely include rice porridge with slivers of fish, frog, or preserved egg. Also, a breakfast favorite is hot soybean milk with onions. Of so when we go to when we go to have breakfast at um at the uh, Waffle House, that's not going to be something Patricia's going to order. No, right? that's not on my order. And and when we go to the Great Wall of China, uh-huh. we'll pack a picnic. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, thank goodness, you know what's at the Great Wall of China now? What? McDonald's. Not. Yes. Walden. Yes. No. Yes. That's like spitting on the Statue of Liberty. I know, but now the Great Wall of China is, at, is on Madonna. It's Madonna is there. Oh, my goodness. Ronald McDonald on... Well, they're, they're going away with Ronald. What is his status today? Have I haven't you heard. Have you seen him yet? No. I haven't heard. I'll have to find that one out, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, in hockey. I'm, I'm, I'm bending here, Miss ESPN. <laughs> I have anybody tell you how adorable you look at Miss ESPN? Why, thank you. All right. You're just so lovable. I know. Okay, a butterfly in hockey. What is a butterfly? I think that's a term that they use for goalies when they spread to try to block a shot. They, they, their, their, their arms and legs are all shooting out to the side. How did you know that? Well, I'm a sports fan. But I didn't know hockey was in there. Uh-huh. I, I've been known to... All right. So, you know, I mean, I know what the blue line is. I know. You know, I I'm, I'm pretty cool on this stuff. Yeah, I don't understand all the rules in hockey. Why, you know, we have the different lines. Why we, you know, should pass through, you know, um, it's icing. I don't really know a lot of those types. You can't, you can't move ahead of the puck. And you can't pass it twice. You go over the when you when you throw the puck down, you go you know over the two lines. And it, um, the only time you do that is what if you're a man short. Yeah, the you know. line is is the center line. What what's uh what's um <laughs> just hat trick? <laughs> what I kept my brain was yeah. saying hat trick. Hat trick. Oh, yeah. Hat trick. Hat trick is when they score three goals. One player scores three goals in a game, and you know what that how that came about. No. Came about. I knew what a hat trick was, but I don't know where it came from. It I want came... you to be proud that I knew what a hat trick was. Oh, see, you know stuff. Yeah, but don't tell anybody. Well. We just did, didn't we? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, okay, what? Um, when it first, when it started to happen in, I think it was in Montreal, the fans threw their hat on the, on the ice rink after somebody scored three times in one game. And that's why we call it a hat trick. Well, for goodness sake. Yeah. Throwing perfectly good hats on ice, and they didn't get them back either, did they? Uh. The, the guys with the with the zamboni. 
Are you proud of me? Oh, man. Uh-huh. All right. Patricia, are you in danger? And I know what a Zamboni is, too. Are you in danger? Am I in danger? Uh-huh. I don't know. Am I? Well, you're starting to blow your cover, aren't you? Oh, oh, oh. No, that's not my cover. That's all I know. <laughs> How can you forget a name like Zamboni? I know, it's a great name. Yeah, did you know this thing runs around? On, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's like a giant floor polisher that somebody rides yeah. on. They use in baseball games, too, to, when they, after the rain, to try to sweep up the Zamboni machines and things like that to try to get the water off the field. A different Use a Zamboni out there? Mm-hmm. No. Yep. Zamboni um, polishes the ice. Uh-huh, it helps smooth it out, but there are also machines that use for baseball, and I think they're called Zamboni, to help take the water off the baseball field. Oh, for pity's sake. Yeah. Well, all right. I only get half a point for that. No, no, no. I think you get full credit. Zamboni must be the name of the company. I bet it is. How, otherwise, how would, well, how would they come up with a name like that? It's got to be after somebody's but, name. All right. You know, if I did all the homework that I said I was going to do, I'd never be able to go to bed ever. Did you really ever? Not ever. I know. Not ever. Okay, a mole. <laughs> this is this one's cute. Mm -hmm. I like this one. I, I understand why I did this. A mole, you know, they dig tunnels. Yeah, it's the name of Harry, one of Harry James' music songs, yeah. The mole? The mole, uh-huh. No kidding. Yeah. I wonder why. He just titled one of his big songs, The Mole. Oh, for goodness sakes. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, a mole digs underground and makes people who love their gardens and lawns crazy. How how much tunneling do you think a mole can do in a single night? How far can he go? Well, this, this if I could... kind of a little critter. If we could interview one of them on the show, maybe we'd get a good answer. Um... Mickey Mole? <laughs> Find Mickey Mole. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I would say... Fifty feet. Three hundred feet. Wow! Can you imagine one little mole doing all of that in a single night? Boy, you talk about being out on the town for a night. Shoot! Wow! He falls into his little nest and stays there. Wow! Okay, the first woman to wear shorts in Wimbledon. Hmm. Somebody bump bump bump. Now, I wonder if we're talking about a player or a spectator. Probably a player. A player. Um. Well, you don't have to name the woman, but just give, give me an idea about when that Oh, okay. I was trying to think of the woman. Um. I think female tennis really thought to get big in the 20s. Um. I thought 1939. We're going to go with 1926. Pretty close, 1931. 31. Now, this is interesting. I, I made a note to myself. When we had Joe Franklin on as a guest, yes. I went to different websites, and especially on YouTube, they have clips of his television show that he did in New York on right. UOR. And one of the guests he had was, a, and he had personalities and people who grew up and it, to be really big stars. He frequently was the first person who gave them a break on television. Mm -hmm. And they would grow up to be people with brand names, people, household names we know. One of the people he interviewed, it was a woman. I can't recall who it was, but it is someone 
whose name we would all recognize, uh -huh. she had been thrown out of a restaurant. Now, this was in the 1960s. She had been denied access in a restaurant because she had slacks on. She had a pantsuit. Mm. And it was unacceptable in the 1960s to have women wear pantsuits. In the wow. 1960s. I mean, it's just, I can't get my arms around that one. Isn't it amazing? Uh-huh. Times have changed, haven't they? I beg your pardon? Times have changed. Well, they certainly have. Now we can't keep clothes on. Uh-huh. Never mind uh -huh. what they are. Good grief. Yep. I mean, oh, my goodness. Okay, we've got Christmas stuff. Christmas stuff. Christmas. Druids. Now, the Druids were believed to be a religious group, and they were around, like, you know, 50 B.C. to 50 A.D., you know, in, in oh, that... Oh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, okay, now I, know who, now I know who you're talking about, the one with some of the... Yes, you bet. Way, 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 yeah. way, yeah. way back. Yeah. Well, they believed that anything found growing on an oak tree had been sent from heaven. Hmm. Do you know what grows on oak trees? I thought moss. Yeah. What else? Oak nuts. We're into Christmas here now. Ah, is it something that Ralph will kind of shoot down yes. for us? Yes. Mistletoe. Mistletoe. It is a parasite. It hooks onto a tree. It doesn't have roots mm -hmm. of its own. It hooks onto a tree, and it gets its nutrients from a tree and will eventually kill it over a long period of time. Why? Mistletoe was considered a sacred uh, plant. So why do we have the custom to get a girl underneath the mistletree and give her a kiss? I mean, that must have uh, well, been a... Well, let me go back to July's notes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had that last... I think you do. I don't remember right off the bat. Oh, I know I haven't. I just don't I think remember. it's the, the color of the berries or something. I don't... I don't... Yeah, they were yeah. berries, and but I I don't recall where the custom originated, and I do have it in my notes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I need to fix my brain and remember these things, and you know, you get a hole in your head, and all this stuff leaks out. Well, it's pretty. It's a beautiful little hole. Aw, you're so sweet. Yeah. Oh, it comes out my ears. I mean, I've got holes in my head there. Okay, yeah. Christmas time. So you you have one of those pre pre hole models already. I came pre-drilled. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Okay, legend. Christmas stocking. The legend is a kindly nobleman. I never heard that it was a kindly nobleman. Mm -hmm. But a kindly nobleman grew despondent over the death of his beloved wife and foolishly squandered his fortune. And this left his three young daughters without dowries and thus facing a life of spinsterhood. I haven't heard the word spinster in a very long time. The generous St. Nicholas, the real St. Nicholas, there really was a person named St. Yep. Nicholas, yep. Hearing, hearing of the girl's plight, set forth to help. Wishing to remain anonymous, he rode his white horse by the nobleman's house and threw three small pouches of gold coins down the chimney, where they were fortuitously captured by the stockings of the young woman, of the young women um, who had hung them by the fire to dry. And I had heard it that he kind of sneaked in through the window and put the coins in their stockings. But in any event, that's allegedly where the custom of hanging a Christmas stocking comes from. 
officer or is it hidden by the stocking with the ch by the chimney with care? Uh-huh. Before you get up on the roof. And hope that St. Nicholas will soon be there. Yeah, before you get up on the roof. The roof. It's roof. It's the roof. Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, you don't... It's interesting because Kurt said that people from the east will say hoof uh -huh. or hoof and roof. And okay. I say roof and hoof. See, you're not really part of the east or the south. You do a hybrid. Hoof is generally accepted. See, I'm perfect. <laughs> well, we know that. I'm perfect. I know all my words. I'm the one who knew exactly how to pronounce Nevada. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Live and learn. I'm so glad Nolan told me about that. Uh, I got more stuff. You want more stuff? Of course. I think the family got to gone a bit. They decided that the two kids by, can play by themselves without their supervision. I guess. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants us at 4 o'clock in the morning. Gee mm -hmm. willikers. Okay, let me see what else I've got here. Don't go away. I've got stuff that's really scary, but I'll leave the scary stuff for another time. Like credit card companies are um, inside information says that they might be looking at requesting DNA from people. Or oh, well. We'll get start submitting other people's DNA to them. That way. That way they, they know. Well, you know, but you have to be careful because there are such scary possibilities that come out of this. Yeah. Like your DNA suggests that you have a predisposition to heart disease and therefore you might drop dead while you owe us $20,000 uh -huh. so we're yeah. going to give you a credit card. I yeah. mean, the possibilities are just extraordinary. Ah. All right, I have a Stump Walden question. And I have a brain teaser, and a baseball question, and a history question. All right. What would you like? Let's do me in order. Let's do the stump. All right. Let's stump Walden. As long as we are talking about living next door to Chester A. Riley, mm -hmm. it was Jim Gillis who was the next door neighbor, and I think we probably still have that on the question list. But no, I think uh, somebody. When, did somebody get Jim? Somebody, I think uh, Charles from New Jersey. Charles got the next door neighbor, yeah. but he couldn't remember the name. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, or his friend. He got his friend. Yeah, his first name was Jim. Jim Gillis. Okay. Jim Gillis. Yes. He and Chester A. Riley, mm -hmm. or Riley as everybody knew him by, mm -hmm. worked together in the air, airplane plant, mm -hmm. and they lived next door to each other. Right. What was the name of Gillis's wife? They were played by Shirley Mitchell. Right. And... Let me think. I, sw I think Sweet is in the title. Um... Okay, let's figure this out. Jim, Jim's son, Jim Gillis had an interesting name for his son. Uh-huh. You, you can guess that one, too. Yeah. See, now I'm asking you things, this one I knew, so I'm not, uh -huh. I'm not asking an illegal question, and I know the name of the son, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. is brought to you courtesy of Patricia and Walden, mm -hmm. as Walden is cranking his brain. It's, you can hear it going mm -hmm. like a train. Choo, choo. 
Boy, when you think, you really think. Mm-hmm. Because it's there. I'm just trying to retrieve, retrieve, retrieve them. I'm sending the uh, file cabinet way over to the left, and I'm trying to get in there. Bottom drawer in the back. Yeah. Hard to get to. Yeah. It's there. Um. Are you sure? Yeah. Cause I know what show I first heard him on with the Thanksgiving show, where they're eating together as both families. Uh-huh. And I think that's the only time I really ever heard Life of Riley with her in it, so I'm trying to reach into that cabinet. I'm not sure how many shows she was in, but her name appears a lot. often. A lot. Want to come back to that one? No, I think I should play Jody. You got me. I got you. Okay, the son was Egbert. Yes. Egbert, yes. And his wife was Honeybee. Honeybee. I knew it was sweet with him the title. I knew it. You know, yeah. when you said sweet, I said, by golly, yeah. that's some great word association yep. here. Yep. Honeybee. It was Honeybee. And I knew Egbert was something like that, and I just couldn't... Good. You, good, Patricia. We, good job. We got you. Good job. Wait, as Jim Gillis would say, Ed Wright. Hey. What you doing? Hey. Okay, Walden's baseball question? Sure. Want a baseball question? Sure. I think this one is pretty cool. All right. Who said, they throw the ball, I hit it. They hit the ball, I catch it. Who said that? That sounds like Babe Ruth. No. It, it does sound like him, but yeah. it, you get two more guesses. How about Yogi Berra? Nope. It, it's a surprise. It surprised me, anyway. Yeah. But then, of course, I'm Miss ESPN. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why things would surprise me. I should be prepared for these. Uh -huh. Um, Dizzy Dean? Nope. Of all people, yeah. Willie Mays. He was on my guess what he was on my list. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. They okay. throw the ball, I hit it. They hit the ball, mm -hmm. I catch it. Yep. Yep. He good. did. He was good. He sure was. He was good. He sure was. Oh, say hey, Willie Mays said mm -hmm. that. Sure. Okay, how about a history question? All right. This one's right up your alley. And I got this wrong. How many U-boats were captured during World War II? Probably none. Uh, I don't know. That's the one I have no idea about. Well, you know that you're absolutely positive that at least one was captured because it had the Enigma. Well, it's the one with the movie or whatever, Red October. I don't, I, I've never read the book or seen the movie or whatever. Yeah. Well, it was... Um, one of them was captured, and it had the Enigma code system, the Enigma. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and yeah. I thought that was the only one that they ever captured, uh -huh. but it was, I was wrong. It was the only one they ever captured with the Enigma machine because all of the, all of the, I don't know, what would you call them, Marines? So, uh -huh. You know, the, the, the guys in the subs, in the German subs, right. were told that if there was any risk at all, that they were going to be captured or 
um, anything destroy it. they could board the ship. They were told to jettison everything, yeah. and that's why nobody ever got their hands on an Enigma machine right. because they all went out the torpedo tubes. Right. And this one surfaced, and they grabbed it. It was... Uh, Oh, the U the U five oh five that had the Enigma machine. But anyway, a total of six were captured, and I thought it, that was the only one. But it was the only one with the Enigma machine. Ah. It captured six U boats. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. And when you think about how many U boats were out there yep. doing underwater damage mm -hmm. and swimming, I mean, my gosh, they were off the coast of, of Long Island in Florida, and California. They were all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yep. And to have captured only six is just extraordinary. Yeah. Absolutely extraordinary. Then again, um, we don't, because these were underwater, we don't know how many were destroyed underwater. That's true. You know, with depth charges. That's true. So, uh, I guess, I don't know, but, you know, six out of the entire war, six U-boats, six submarines only. Wow. Captured. I've, I found that to be just as astounding. Yeah. Good point. Good. Anyway, stuff. did you? I never knew about it. I never studied that part of our history. Really. I mean, knowing that we we had so much activity on the mm -hmm. water and so many ships going back and forth to have captured only six of these. True. That's amazing. Items. That's just amazing. Vessels. You know? Yep. Yep, I agree. Uh, I guess they did a good job. I, 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 they destroyed themselves. They blew themselves up when right. when there was a risk of being captured. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess six was really quite a coup then. Sure. Gee whiz. I, can you imagine blowing yourself? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that's not really a great idea. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't care how many people say, oh, died instantly. There is no such thing. It hurts. Somewhere along the line, yeah. it hurts. Yeah. Okay, Walden's brain teaser. Mm -hmm. A man claims that he can predict the exact score of every football game before it begins. And he's right. How is that possible? Because every game starts off with zero, zero. Oh, man, are you hot tonight? <laughs> yes! You are hot! Uh, I did not get that one. That, uh, that one really caught me. Uh, and yeah, there was one that I, where I went, Oh, Trisha, uh, uh, you should have known yep, better. Yep, yep, yep. Well, let's see here. I've got Christmas toys from the 1930s, mm -hmm. and I've got all sorts of information, and we've also got a Fibber McGee and Molly show that, I don't know, we haven't played, I've gotten to play a show in a million, million years. I agree. So, what do you say, because we're up to a little after 4.30, mm -hmm. if we play a Fibber McGee and Molly show, that will bring us up to... Five o'clock, and um, that means we should say good night now and play the show. What do you think? Let's do it. I think so. Let's do it. Especially because it's a Christmas show that I like a whole bunch. You bet. I like it a whole bunch. You bet. Okay, so we've got this one is from December 6, 1949. It's making Christmas cards. Fibber decides that he's going to save money this year. And as part of his money saving, attempt he's making his own christmas cards 
Um, he's trying to save money. He's, he paints blue eyes on reindeer, and poor Molly is walking around just holding her head saying, oh, dear, <laughs> as only Molly can say. So Fibber is trying to do his own Christmas cards in this show. It's really one of the fun shows at Christmas time. They, they always had good shows, but occasionally there was a Christmas show that was, you know, just kind of ho-hum. Mm -hmm. This is not a ho-hum. This one is really fun. So making Christmas cards is our Fibber McGee and Molly show for tonight. We have to say goodnight to everybody. Thank you so much, everybody, for calling in next week. I just feel it in my heart. We're going to have a new caller next week along with all of our family. You have a safe week. Feel better if you're not feeling well. Stay healthy if you're feeling well. Good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. Wonderful night. Thank you. Here we go, everybody. <laughs>